hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention! Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. You are my podcast, my only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh my God. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. (laughs) Are you interested? I know you are because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know Phone Boy. Those two are those two are pretty interesting to listen to. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them. Fuck you too! You're talking peak no agenda right there, everybody. Yeah, and welcome to episode 85 of The Lotus Effect, where the show's made up and the content doesn't matter. And uh, I'm, I'm phone boy. So we finally <laughs> met the man whose shit doesn't stink. Yeah! Well, that's what they tell you anyway. And there, there's only one thing I know for sure, other than the fact that by the end of this show, I'm going to be completely fucked up. I'm Phoenix. Let me start this off by clearly stating that I'm better than everyone. And just so y'all know, this is a new live son of a bitch. Light the tag, pass the bong, and shoot your shots. It's time to experience the Lotus Effect. And right. yeah, so yeah, and uh, what is what is the Lotus Effect? Well, maybe it's a little bit like this. What is this? A freak out? This is kind of strange. This is terrific. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be sick. <laughs> Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing! We're there. That's right. Well, the Lotus affects everyone differently. So however and whenever you, the, the, the Lotus is affecting you, you should, uh, thank you for your courage and, and uh, for propagating the formula uh, of the Podfather himself. And, and if you're new to this, uh, to, the, to uh, I don't know, any of the podcasts that come from No Agenda, uh, you know, here's, uh, here's how it works, right? This is, we're value for value. We, we sit here and talk into a mic for a little while and, and you know, you, uh, some people call it entertaining. And if you, and if you value that, you can, uh, you can send value, you, know, you, you get to choose how to do that, right? This is a, this is it's like a choose your own adventure book it's but you get to decide uh how you want to contribute value back to us it can be uh, it can be t- uh, spending some time and you know and and, and chatting with us and uh, it could be uh you know you could be offering uh, i don't know jingles or, or artwork or whatever we, we or, or, or stories we love that uh or or you know good old treasure right you know, we appreciate anything that you give us in return for the value we give you yeah, that's right. So, um, and you can do that by uh, going to lotuseffect.show and clicking on that big old yellow "We Like Money" button. Uh, yeah, still don't know why it's yellow, but that's okay. Yeah, I haven't because I haven't changed it yet. So send you, you can, yeah, but you can send us some fiat fun coupons via PayPal if that's your bag. Uh, you can send us Boostergrams using a podcasting 2.0 app like Phoenix did at the uh, right as we were getting into the uh, to the doing the show and uh, opening. Uh, yeah, we the, we get we get the boost for ten thousand sats saying this is a new life son of a bitch, which is why. 
why I played it. Uh, light the tag, pass the bong, and shoot your shots. It's time to experience the Lotus Effect. Yeah, that's exactly. And she did that through the through Fountain, which is a great app to listen to your podcast and also stream Satoshi's. And if uh, your money offends you, if your Satoshi's offend you, and you just can't stand to look at them anymore, we are a charitable organization. We will take them off your hands. Not tax deductible, but that's right. uh, anyway. So we this is a uh, but fuck Uncle Sam and fuck Joe Biden. That's right. Um, so we we have um, so we we want to we want to thank those who uh, sent us uh, sent us value and we we, we uh, like I said we this is you can also mail us a check if you'd like to or 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 some other or other goods like Emily's uh, been really great at um, oh, yeah. these bells yeah these bells yes absolutely we love our bells, love our bells. yes so um, we have an address we, we we exist someplace physically we can give you that and so um, but here's who who's who's given us value in the last since uh, since we uh, since we last were doing the Lotus Effect which uh, so um, okay Fantasy Weddings LLC gave us a stonation of four dollars and twenty cents. That is Mister Sir Rev Cyber Trucker, who is amazing. We love our friend. That's right, and uh, yeah, we, we we definitely appreciate that. Uh, that's a, that's a monthly recurring donation, so we should, we'll be getting that on a monthly basis. That's awesome. Uh, uh, Sharky and uh, Nam also donate on a monthly basis. We let we'd love to hear. Uh, love, yeah, we'll we'll take your fiat fun coupons. It's it's a great thing. Okay, and so- we appreciate all amounts we're not uh yeah. we're not particular we don't have a threshold we will read every donation <laughs> we get no matter what it is including this 10,000 sap boost from weirdo saying this is a new live son of a bitch this is a new live son of a bitch all hands on dick swirly thing alert get in the pod loser Lotus effects at full strength. Oh, yeah. 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 All hands on dick. I think that's uh, a show title. Yeah, all hands. I've never on- heard one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I know. I saw that. It's like, yeah, all hands on dick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it, yeah. It's, there, there's, there's something I might have to play for. Remind me to play the Ballad of Dick and Jane in, in, in Studio 33. That is a good one. Yes. Remind me because we talk about C. Dick. They start you out early, ladies. I see Dick all the time. All I got to do is say hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, weirdo. So that so that was so so th- that was not a typo. Yes, I I figured it wasn't a typo. Not at all. Yeah, because you're because you're just as much of a um, what's you're the word? Sick individual yeah, like the rest of yes, us. Yes, exa- we're glad to know you. Exactly. We we love and thank it. Thank you for your courage. And thank you for your courage. That's right. Okay, so this is yeah well, that, that was intentional. Okay, so uh, so weirdo boosted uh, eleven uh, a, sta- a satchel of Richards, which is five ones, saying. Uh, Studio 33, we are lit in the Lotus. It's time for Tasty Jams of the Lotus fam. Going to be a great goddamn time. It is. And that, I think, yeah. Live. The word is live. live. Yes, we are live. Yes, we'll, and we will do Studio Thirty Three after this. Um, so, um, and then and then we get into the song request. Most of them. So, uh, Weirdo boosted hundred sat saying uh, head PE. Can I rock? That's a great track. We love uh, head net, PE. Yeah, uh, net Ned boosted a thousand sat saying boost that ass. Yes, um, and he likes to boost that ass. He was having trouble last night during Rideshare Radio. The um, uh, yeah, what was it Breeze? Was yeah, Breeze was Breeze was uh, blowing his. Uh, yeah, blowing stuff. He couldn't blow his wad on us for the fact that Breeze wouldn't let him touch it. Yeah, so th- yeah, it's being a cock blocker. Is what That's the- what it was. Breeze was cock blocking. Yeah, Breeze, Breeze, cock block. Okay, I'm, I'm yes, anyway. Breeze, cock block. Make that happen. Yeah, they're, they're, and while you're making that happen, 
We're going to look at the 100 sats saying head PE. Oh, wait, you already read that. Yes. No, but you know, oh, you can read lost. you can read my my boost of 420 yes. sats saying test, test, toke. That's right. Yes. And then another thousand from Weirdo for Meatloaf. I'd do anything lo- for love, but I won't do that. We still haven't figured out what it was he wouldn't do. Yes. Then, of course, you know, we had to have some 3333 for some rehab guy. I don't freebase cocaine. Yeah, well, you know, we, no, we, we, we have, don't freebase around here. No, but, uh, you know, we did We did make a great, uh, say, we, we use did. it, we did uh, use it as our, uh, uh, we have, I'm You'll tra- hear it later. Yes, you'll hear it later. I was gonna, well, I was making sure that I still had it in here. I think it, this it. is, yep. Yeah, I'll take a drink, and I, my name's Smoke Little Reef. You know, I, I like to smoke. Reefer, really? you know, I'd relax as many I think. A really? couple of doobies, you know, just to Why? get you through the day and everything, but I do not freebase cocaine. Why? Because I can. You're a bad individual. Uh, y- yes, I am. Well, very bad man. Okay. You, well, but you, you don't freebase cocaine. I do not. I do not, I do not freebase cocaine. That's right. Okay. Preemptive phone point. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking C Brooklyn. Thank you, C. Brooklyn. That oh, is yeah. that is a beautiful. Yes, we we yeah preemptive. Bo- <laughs> That's just beautiful. It's it's really bad when everybody knows how bad your mute button addiction is. That they're already boosting in anticipation of you having a mute button accident. Yeah, well, we had a mute while we were playing the clip. I I did leave the mute buttons off on, or I did not mute us on purpose. So. Uh huh. Yeah. You you have that habit. You like to catch me behind the mic with yes. a hot mic, mm-hmm. like I'm entertaining or something. Well, I mean, am I, okay. am I amusing you? Am yes. I a clown? Do I make you laugh? Exactly. I'm sure I uh, do. Yeah, but you, uh, uh, but you did boost thirty three thirty three sats saying Sam uh, Tenez uh, legends are made. Yeah, that's uh, a hot track. Uh, let's see, we got a we get weirdo boost of a thousand sats uh, during Studio thirty three. Insane clown posse, hallelujah! That was uh, for just six thousand dollars, we can heal this boy. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and then um, you know, and then and then you boosted thirty three thirty three sat saying, "What do you say?" Um, which is you know, that's that's a track. It's a that is a fantastic that is track a fantastic track. And then a weirdo Weird boosted a uh, thousand sats saying he's uh, head PE triple shot stepping stone. Yeah, because we had a couple of head PE tracks queued up. Uh, and then we got a we got a, a boost of a hundred sats from Music Girl forty six saying, yes, "Great a new listener." Yeah, gr- I have been listening on Fountainet from the Netherlands. So so many greetings and love from the Netherlands. So we thank you for listening uh, we, appreciate we appreciate it thank we, you for your courage yes and then, and then uh you know then we get another ten thousand sats uh this is a new live son of a bitch let's ride uh that's pro um that, that was, was right your radio that last night introduction that's right and then weirdo boosted ten thousand sats saying you didn't lose it we jam and ride share radio is lit it was um then we also had a and then weirdo boosted another 500 sats saying make it a triple of red hot chili peppers breaking the girl yeah because we played uh uh, we played Pretty Little Diddy and Sexy Mexican Maid, which both the fir- those first two tracks they've clearly remastered them since I bought them on CD. Is it? Yeah, you weren't happy with that. I was. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, yes, uh, sometimes that is uh, that matters. I don't know. It's not that it's the best version necessarily, but it just was. It was not what I was expecting. So, um, you know, there is that whole problem. Anyway, so th- another five hundred from Weirdo boosting Tech Nine saying in my head. Yeah, that's right. Which is a place we all don't want to be. Is in my head yes and then and then you boosted 3333 sats saying lisa lisa and cult jam head to toe that that brought that back was a some throwback from hell yeah then weirdo boosted 500 sats saying joey cool idle hands uh 
Yeah. Okay. That was that was a good one. Um, and then and then we get uh, then we get the uh, Phoenix. Yeah, the last thing there. Last boostogram that we're going to read is uh, Sam Felt Post Malone. That was a uh, for thirty three thirty three sats. That's another fire track. My kids introduced me to. Yeah, there you go. So um, that's right because the rest of the boostograms have occurred and we have addressed them. That's right. As they've happened from that's these wonderful r- pedal heads. So thank you. Right. So Keep yeah, the value coming, but. You know, if you haven't had a chance to get in on this, if you want to be part of this Boostergram party, well, take off all your clothes and go to nudepodcastapps.com. If you don't have a podcast app that lets you stream Satoshi's to your favorite pedal heads and any other show you may put in your ears and want to give value to, or if you're shy, you can go to newpodcastapps.com. It links to the same place and you can get the same wonderful yeah. podcasting. 2.0 compliant software that lets you boost. That's right. So, um, yeah, but we have a, a so one of the ways you can contribute to the show is is to is to give us a call on 253-237-3321. One ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy. Dell computers. This is Chip. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. Chip's Ernestine not going to answer the phone. Chip don't hang yeah. Out. But but we do. But we are. We do. We are interested in hearing from you about. Well, what would you like a do over on if you had if you had a chance to have a do over on something in your life? What what was what would you have as a do over? Um, yeah. You remember as a kid, you know, when something went shit, you were like do over. Yeah. What what one thing in your life would you like the chance to holler do over on two five three two three seven three three two one? Tell us about it. That's right. So, um, but yeah, just remember, uh, remember y'all. We don't want your shit. Please don't <laughs> send us your shit. No, yeah, but I'm. But I mean, you'll give us a shit in the troll room, and like, and, and that's the kind yeah. of shit we we appreciate. We are actually missing the head troll, and and yeah. I see that his second lieutenant is in the chat, but. Uh, yeah, we're we're wondering where the head troll is. He must be having date night with the uh, well, the dating it, troll. It, it, well, except it except it is well, it's the middle of the afternoon on on on, 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 on in the, you know in Bemrose Land, right? So it is a so they might. That be, doesn't uh, mean they're not having a uh, yeah a, a date night in other ways. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the after after after. Th- that's right. So okay, now we're gonna get into uh, we're gonna get into the health segment of our show, which means I gotta play this clip. Oh, is someone not feeling well? Your illness is very important to us. Next. Welcome to the Healthmaster Inferno, powered uh, by Me Technology. This goes in your mouth. This one goes in your ear. And this one goes in your butt. Yeah, well, let, yeah, they, they clearly want to put COVID-19 in, in people's butts or something. Um now there's a there's a there, there we have we have a bunch of COVID stories today. Sorry about that, but you know some that's the way, way the news sometimes works. The uh, COVID nineteen infections uh, increases the incidence of type one diabetes in children. Now, yes, but we need to vax them all up. Yeah. So researchers had observed an increased incidence of type one diabetes cases during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Now a new study has confirmed the link and established a temporal association between the development of type one diabetes in children and infection with the SARS CoV two virus. They're trying to say that getting the virus is what caused these kids to become diabetic type 1. Not that voodoo vaccine that they've been trying to put in everybody in every possible way. No. We don't. We, we, no, we don't they, they, they 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 imply that. they yeah they don't talk about the fact that it could be the other way yeah because they talk about you know A causing B well what if B causes A or what well, if C causes possible. A and B 
Well, yes, I, I understand. Because then people wouldn't be giving it to their children and they wouldn't be making the yeah. massive amounts of blood money they are. Yeah. Now, the researchers found the likelihood to develop type 1 diabetes, uh, which is the type that requires uh, taking insulin because your body does not produce, uh, uh, your, your body doesn't either produce any insulin or produce enough insulin to, to, to handle so stuff. So in other words, the vaccine damaged the pancreas of these kids. Yes, exactly. Um yeah, the researchers found the likelihood to develop type 1 diabetes increased by 57% in children who had a confirmed COVID-19 infection compared to those who did not have the infection. Yeah, that's that's pretty extensive. They also found type 1 diabetes was mostly diagnosed in the same quarter or following the quarters after the COVID-19 diagnosis. Although further, Yeah, although further research is required to determine the exact mechanism that causes type 1 diabetes after a COVID infection, researchers believe the virus might have triggered the autoimmune condition or accelerated the already existing disease which was not diagnosed wait 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 i get to talk about it yeah oh there's the phrase there's the phrase more research required you know what that is science speak for we can't prove our point with the numbers so we have to keep trying and manipulate it until it comes out the way we want it to that's exactly what that means yep you 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 know you're catching on to this media deconstruction Isn't stuff it just yeah. like amazing yes you take one fucking semester in college of statistics and the next thing you know the whole view of the world changes that's right so um you you can more effectively smell the pungent aroma of bullshit yeah it's easier it's certainly a lot easier to spot that's for sure okay so now now that we've uh, you know we've gotten i think we've gotten past the point this is uh you know uh you know the requirements for vaccines and that kind of stuff or you know they're starting to be backed off now so what is so what are, so what are pfizer and moderna going to do next well in, a- in april the medical daily which is a, a um it's, it's actually one of the blogs that we follow to get some of these stories they, they learned that the food and drug administration was contemplating having annual jabs like the flu shot to ensure extended protection against covid19 make sure you Get them all. Yeah. Pfizer's chief scientific officer, Dr. Mikhail Dulcin, told CNBC that he's hoping for the annual shots to improve the public's view around getting vaccinated. He said, Are you fucking joking? I'm sorry. Pause for a second. Full stop on this. What? With all the horseshit that has been coming out slowly, leaking out like anal seepage, at this point, I would imagine people who are more than willing to line up and get that jab you're either sheep or you're stupid well this and this, well here's the thing i mean i th- if they were trying to d- get people to accept vaccines everything that they've done with covid19 makes me pretty suspicious of any vaccine at this point i don't care yeah, what they it- did the exact opposite of what they should have done for how to convince people that oh this new vaccine is the answer because here's the problem you come out with this talking about how it will prevent you from getting COVID. Well, then people start getting COVID who've been verifiably jabbed. Well, shit, the narrative is torn. We got to come up with something new. How about this? It won't prevent you, but it'll prevent you from dying because you won't get it so bad. Oh, shit. That one went south, too. Mm, what's next? It's I'm, honest to God. It's the worst rerun I've ever watched in my life. The sad part is it's not Hollywood magic. It's real life happening before our eyes. Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah, and that's, I need to write down not Hollywood magic because I thought that was good. Well, thank you. I can't help the things that come out of my mouth. I keep telling you. Yeah. I have no control over this thing. She's got a mind of her own. Yeah. I, I, I'm quite aware of this. Um, so now, now, so 
he says that, that yearly jabs could help persuade people to view the vaccines as a very natural part of protecting themselves from annual infections, similar to how many people view the flu shots, which, by the way, once I realized that they were going to try and marry these things there, I said, I ain't taking another flu shot as long as I live because I have no idea what they're putting in these fucking things. And I, and don't- I tried to tell my mother that. Sadly, yeah. I'm pretty sure she got that fucking flu shot. Yeah. Because, of course, you know, when you ask any medical professionals about it, oh, no, 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 they're not yeah, there's doing a, that. Yeah, do not... No. Where's, where's your bullshit clip? Yeah, well, it's here somewhere. But anyway, we... So, um... So, you know, I think of it, yeah, so I, I think of it like the introduction of seatbelts for cars. People don't want to wear them at first, but over time they realize how much seatbelts protect them. Now everyone uses them today. That's kind of how the vaccine story needs to be reimagined, Dulsting said. Right, now, because seatbelts change your genetic makeup and cause yeah. conditions you didn't have well, or, that may you know, never and we can, have and then we, come you to start, light. Then you start digging into the effectiveness of vaccines in general, and you realize these things are probably not that great to begin with. So, Well, we've said it a million times. Safe for who and effective at what? Yes, exactly. Uh, to better convince people to get the an- annual COVID-19 shots, the two pharmaceutical companies intend to develop vaccines that target both COVID and the flu. Well, they're the same fucking thing. Oh my uh, God, it's Pfizer so is dark. also working on a version that targets both COVID and, and RSV. Um, I for- uh, forgot what RSV is. And the shots will likely become available by 2024 to 2025. Yeah, don't don't get any more flu shots, folks. And they gotta, they're just trying to keep the revenue stream going. You know, what else? They really are. Yeah, so now... This was okay. This was a story. So there, we, t- I, we, I think you and I have talked about long COVID, right? Especially yeah. since, especially since your your mom has it and has had some uh, had some health issues, right? That, yes. that, 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 that probably resulted from that. So, yes. uh, so researchers hypothesize that long COVID may simply be an umbrella term for a collection of variable and potentially overlapping post COVID conditions that may have different causes. Oh my God. You got to be kidding me. They're literally trying to say that it's not the COVID that's causing this stuff. Yeah, well, that's the COVID, crazy. the COVID is probably a cause, but it's not. I mean, there's multiple causes of these things. I don't think they can you can say COVID is the only thing that causes this. It might be one of the things that causes it with a bunch of other stuff. Again, we don't know. And the causes might include autoimmunity, uh, um uh, immune deficient, immune system dysregulation, organ injury, viral per- viral persistence, and intestinal microbiome imbalances or dysbiosis. Now, um, so they figured anyway. They they were able to then get down to a list. They they, they had more than two hundred symptoms to a weighted list of 12, 12 core symptoms. Um, this this is not a final definition of long COVID. Is is you know more research is needed, right? You know, this, there's the, that phrase again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, the, so but but. But they, but the, what they figured out is like, okay, if you've if you've lost smell or taste, that's probably that's that's one of the biggest, um, you know, one of the biggest factors. With the second one being post extortional or exertonial malaise. There we go. You could exertional. say that. Yeah, exertional. Yeah. So feeling si- tired after minor minor physical activity or mental activity. Um, you know, a chronic cough. I'll, that could be COPD. There's, well, I was there's, just going to say, there's yeah. a lot of things that could cause a chronic cough. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know. Brain fog, thirst, um, yeah. So, yeah, and I, there's are things I've heard a lot. You know, palpitations and chest pain, and yeah, there's uh, a hair loss. I thought was inter- interesting one, but I, I think that is truly just coincidental. It probably. I really don't think that had anything to do with yeah. the COVID. But this organ injury thing, this is this is something to really pay attention to because I've had two people that I know now who have experienced COVID and are having or have had an enlargement in like their heart and things that are important for survival 
in your life. And that's really scary to think that this government created disease. I mean, this could truly be it for mankind. If they do it right, they're going to genocide a majority of the world's population. And those who aren't genocided either will die a slow, painful death or they will have debilitating results from it that last the rest of their life. So what's the quality of life going to be? I mean, this this is truly some dystopian shit. Yeah, no kidding. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, there, there is no, uh, yeah, it's, pr- it's pretty, uh, pretty scary stuff. Um, all of this. So, um, but this is, and yeah, and, it, and it's uh, okay. And it, so now, of course, and, and you, and you know, this is a big money grab because now, because now Pfizer and Moderna are getting sued over the fact that their vaccines, uh, uh, you know, have potentially violated patents. And Which so, is interesting because of the fact these vaccines didn't exist prior to 2019, 2020. Yeah. Exactly. How, how, how is this a patent infringement? That some other company grabbed the patent on this particular vaccine that's we've never well, seen before. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. So, um, uh, Al Al Neon uh, Pharmaceuticals Inc. is not giving up on its fight for royalties against Pfizer and Moderna, the two companies that mass produced the mRNA vaccines against COVID nineteen. Reuters learned that uh, that Al, that Al uh, filed new lawsuits on Friday, claiming that Pfizer and Moderna infringed its patents with their COVID nineteen vaccines. And now the now the Cambridge, Massachusetts headquartered uh, company claimed in its lawsuits that Pfizer and Moderna violated the patent rights in lipid nanoparticle technology, the same one used by the mRNA vaccines to deliver genetic, genetic material into the body. So it's it's a it's a it's, so it's a related it's a related technology used to deliver the mRNA. It's not the mRNA itself. It's the it's the you know the, the I found delivered. it interesting in this article that it literally said out loud that it's delivering genetic material into your body. That that's just that's creepy. Yes, and I is. don't I I don't care the thought of. Ultimately, I look at it, and maybe I'm just nuts. We all know I am. Well, yeah. But seriously, this is like cloning your shit. It's literally turning your body into what it wants your body to be. Ergo, why giving this to babies is so frightening that how is this going to alter their genetics? Are we going to end up with a bunch of, you know, ectodactyl lobster claw kids out there with half legs and you know, one eye in the center of their forehead. I mean, seriously. Yeah, well, we, yeah, uh, rise from the flames, that is correct. And you are a phoenix, so therefore you will you will do so. Now, um, now this would be the third time uh, th- that uh, that Alnyam uh, raised, raised a legal battle against the two companies as it seeks an unspecified share of royalties from Pfizer and Moderna's vaccine sales, which, according to Reuters, now Pfizer made $37.8 billion from the sale of its COVID vaccine, Cominardi, in 2022. And on the other hand, Moderna earned $18.4 billion from its Spike Vax vaccine. Clearly, you know, this isn't. This yeah, and no money having to be paid out to the people injured by this particular vaccine because of that shitty clause. Way to go. Yeah, exactly. So um, now, of course, uh, you know, we, we didn't scare people enough with COVID. So now we got we got the boogeyman uh, the WHO, uh, uh, ch- uh, which the chief is warning of a pathogen deadlier than the COVID-19 post-pandemic. Right? We are now in a post-pandemic era after the World Health Organization announced on May 5th that the COVID-19 should no longer be considered a public health emergency. However, new and deadlier threats could be on the horizon. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh my God, we're all going to die. Now, last week during 
the World Health Assembly in Geneva, Switzerland, WHO Director General Tedros Adhemon, warned of a potential global threat that could emerge out of the new blue after admitting that the new COVID-19 surges could still happen as new variants circulate. Now, of course, it's just, there's no details about what this is going to be. They're just they're just saying, oh, be scared, be afraid, slave, slave, slaves, be afraid, be afraid. Yeah. I hope somebody clipped that. Somebody <laughs> anyway. ISO that. Yes, yeah, somebody ISO that. I need to probably type in ISO. I need to type in ISO forty-five seconds or something. There we go. Maybe. There you go. Let's see if ISOBot is working. ISOBot. Yes, ISOBot does appear to be working. So I will have to see if I could assess. Anyway, that, that, that I, I was cha- I was channeling my inner Adam Curry, which is easier yeah. to get to when uh, I, I still haven't figured. So Adam stopped smoking. That 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 doesn't that just doesn't compute to me. Uh, um, but so, you know, that, that's, that's an interesting thing, but, um, somebody, yes, yeah, somebody be afraid, be very afraid. Yes. There we've got, we've got all kinds of stuff here. Now, now I've got a section in the, in the notes here called, isn't that expected behavior? And there, cause this is just seems, seems to be like a lot of stories that you kind of read and go, well, no shit, Sherlock. Uh, so here's a great one. So, exactly. uh, CPAP machine cleaning and sanitizing to manage sleep apnea. Now, okay, so if you need it now, uh, I used to have one of these machines. And so I've got what it says here. And obstructive sleep apnea is commonly treated with, with CPAP therapy. And that's a, which uses a machine to continuously pressurize the airway while the patient sleeps. It's basically a, a two, you know, a little machine that generates air that goes through a tube that's uh, connected. That's uh, that's uh, you wear a, a mask and, and it goes you over look your nose. Fucking ridiculous, yeah. and you sound like Darth. Vader. Yes, the device functions by applying positive air pressure to the er, positive pressure to the airway, acting as an air splint to keep the airway open and free of obstruction. To use CPAP therapy, a patient often wears a mask or nasal cushions that are attached to the CPAP machine via flexible tubing. Depending on the type of mask or the or the the mask. The nasal pistols fit fit over the nose, mouth, or both, and the machine continuously supplies air to the airway through the night. However, the frequent use of CPAP systems makes them more prone to bacteria and harbor germs if not properly cleaned. And of course, that can have all kinds of health effects. And so, you know, the article goes on to say, clean your fucking P- CPAP machines, people. It's a, it's a good idea. You know, but th- to me, that's like, well, no shit, Sherlock. I mean, it's one of the things that they, you know, I'm, you know, they told me, yeah, you need to do all this cleaning. And now I didn't fill mine with water or anything, so it's just mostly air going through it. But I still you know i still rinsed out the tube and the and you know and all the and and, and the mask and everything and you know as as as, as necessary to to, to ensure that it, that that, the, that there's no other things that are getting caught on there and yeah i replaced the tubing and everything even though it all looked fine but yeah pr- primarily for that reason and that and now and you know of course i don't need it anymore thankfully i mean i think i i, I, I get accused of being silent when i sleep now it's uh, he doesn't make a fucking sound not one sound i've never seen anyone who can sleep on their back and not make a sound i literally have to look to see if his abdomen is moving as he inhales and exhales i've i've several times thought about grabbing a mirror and stuffing it under his nose just to see if if he's actually breathing it's the creepiest shit and then there's times when he snores like a fucking freight train it's bizarre yes okay it's good to know that i still do that from time to time i used to do that all the time snore like a fucking freight train I say that, but honestly, well, I, no, I, I, I'm not, not, I'm, not I'm not, ki- I'm not kidding. No, I'm, I'm serious. It's not yeah. that loud. Yeah. Like I joke, it's really not that loud. My father, now that man snored like a fucking freight train. Yours is nowhere near the level of volume and intensity as, as I, I can assure you that 
It, it, yeah, and I mean, when I, because when I, it was funny because I didn't get the, so I, actually that was the second time I had done it, when I had gotten uh, gotten a CPAP machine. That wasn't, that wasn't the first time I got evaluated for one. I actually got evaluated for one in like 2001. I did not meet the diagnostic criteria. I, I, was, I, I was assured that I slept very loud, that I was loud, but at the same time, the doctor was like, well, you're, you're, you don't meet the diagnostic criteria yet, you know, and and obviously, I eventually did. And even the, even when I went down, the doctor was like, "Well, you're you know you really you really weren't that high to begin with. Now you're you know now you're on the other side of the line. It's up to you what whether you want to use it or not." And I, I left it behind. So, but uh, but like no shit. If you've got something that helps you breathe, clean it, folks. Come on, don't you don't want to bring in extra yeah, you know shit. What the irony and, and, and also, it's, like, it's these are the same. By the way, the people that are getting letting their 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 CPAP machine shit get all dirty. These are the same people that probably use the same disposable mask. While they're walking around thinking that, that it's protecting them from fucking COVID. Yeah, true. We call them the fart masks. Yes, exactly. I mean, I still see, I, I mean, even in, even in Crossville, people, I yeah. still see people wearing masks. Now, granted, it's just the odd person every now and again. And there might be, you know, I'm not going to give them crap for doing it. I mean, heck, even I think one of the, one of the girls that, 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 that when I, when I go get my mail, uh, it, 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 uh, you know, this, this little girl wears a mask and I don't, you know, like I don't judge her, whatever, she, whatever she wants to do is fine. But it's, it's like, no, this isn't, you know, I don't, I don't know what you're hoping to, what, you know, what benefit you're hoping to get by doing this but okay but if you if i haven't been forced to wear something yeah i just thought it was disgusting i mean i even my daughter left the fucking masks in the car like pick up your fucking masks and get them out of my car i mean come on like so you know you want to talk about like this is just this just triggered me because i'm like yeah if you put something on your face and it helps you breathe clean it you know my god all right now here's another here's another sort of no shit story okay. oh Wait, before we go on to this other no shit story, I wanted to, I, like, just address the fact that they had made it mandatory for drivers to have a sleep apnea test. Now, I don't know how, I, I think I just all out defied it, if, if I'm honest, because one, there's no way in hell I was going to be able to sleep with all those wires hooked up to me. Just wasn't. It, it, yeah, happen. it's. It, I can tell you what. It, it ain't fun having done it. I've also done a, the the the, the at home version, which is a little bit uh, better than the than when they hook up all the tubes and wires to you. Yeah, that uh, and, that would have been a hard pass for me. On top of which, I couldn't use the machine anyway. My ex had one, and I wanted to see what it was like. I literally ripped that mask off my face because I can't have air blowing in my face. It suffocates me, and it always has. That's why I can't stick my head out the window. If, you know, we're driving a car like a dog or anything like that. Just if I get air in even the air conditioning, if it hits me in the face the wrong way, like it takes my breath away and I can't handle it. So I had said, like, fucking take my job. This is when I was driving because, you know, they were talking about how you have to use this thing. And I'm like, nope, that that's going to be me out of the industry if, if I'm being mandated to put this thing on my face because I'm going to fucking suffocate. I'm literally going to fucking die in the middle of the night. 
Because this yeah. thing's going to fucking suffocate no, me because uh, I have to wear it. Yeah, there's other ways to do it. I think you can do it with like dental implants and stuff too. There's, there's uh, the CPAP is is one me- one method. Um, you know, and I'd actually had looked at getting my because uh, because I've got pretty I had pretty big tonsils. I don't know if that's still the case now. I haven't had anybody go look in there in a little while, so um, I don't I don't know how how. But but I'm guarantee you that all that stuff just gets better, right? With because I've gotten healthier. Yeah, when you get healthier, it's amazing. The things that improve in your yeah. body and in your life. Yeah. So, okay, well, let's talk about Botox for a second. Yeah, now, so, yeah, so Botox causes paralysis? I mean, what? Yes, yeah, so. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't yeah. call me Shirley. So the study finds how the drug enters the brain cells. Now, this doesn't sound great. So the Botox treatment has been gaining popularity over the past few decades, with an increasing number of younger adults seeking the treatment for smoothing their wrinkles, collecting, correcting their frown lines, and combating the signs of aging. Now, when choosing Botox to get the best looks, it can also it's also important to understand the drugs used for the procedure can cause paralysis. Well, I mean, that, but I mean, given what it does, I guess that's not surprising. Now, so, uh, Dude, rec- it's literally a fucking... It's a, it's exactly. That you're putting in your body. Yes, yeah, so a recent study from the University of Queensland has determined how Botox enters the brain cells and affects neurons to cause paralysis. Now, Botox is a toxin produced by the bacterium uh, Clostridium uh, botulinum something. Yeah, okay. It's, the, it, it's the botulism toxin yes. ultimately. Yes. So the treatment was initially developed for eye conditions such as uh, uh, strabismus and as a and as a quick remedy to relieve migraines and chronic pain. So people want to take this knowing that it's it causes paralysis. That does yes, not- because they want their face not to... This is huge celebrity shit. They want their lips to be bigger. They want their asses to be bigger. They want their faces not to move. It's all about beauty. What they don't realize is how fucking ridiculous they look when you don't have natural facial movements that should correspond with the way that you're speaking. Yeah, it's true. Get out there. Now, here's something else. And so, so chewing properly may help improve blood sugar levels in type two diabetics. Now, um, okay. So dental I'm health. Surprised at this. Okay. Well, I, I got, I got, I got something to say about this. Dental health and the ability to chew properly may help improve blood sugar levels in type two diabetic patients. Uh, new studies has found researchers determined that type two diabetes patients with full chewing function have considerably lower blood sugar levels compared to patients with reduced chewing function. Based on the findings published in, in the journal PLOS One, uh, Mehmet A. Esken, a co-author of the study from the University at, at Buffalo, advised medical patients who treat patients with type 2 diabetes to examine their patient's teeth. Now, um, you ever heard of a guy named Weston A. Price? Nope. Okay, uh, he's a he's a he's a dentist, and this was and and he and he went and uh, you know he went and he did some uh, he did some studies in Aboriginal uh, you know or you know play, uh, pre, uh, sort of places that civilization hadn't touched, and you know what he found right, and even and, and even Wilhelm or Stefan I think you know had said some stuff about this too, um, but. Basically, like if you go to some of these these quote unquote primitive places, they have perfect dental health. You know, these are places that don't have dentists or don't have a need for freaking dentists because and people's you know people's teeth are perfectly straight and you know and all come in right and, and their jaws are you know the jaws are the right size and that kind of shit. And you know he discovered you know that that there's that if you start looking at like uh you know um. You know, if you, the more sugar that places the people that the, the, the different uh, different races consumed, or different 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 uh, parts of the world consumed, the worse their dental health was. And so we've been screaming about the evils of sugar and the things that it does to your body for a hot minute. I don't know if we've actually addressed 
the dental issues, but it's kind of interesting that there's a direct correlation between type 2 diabetes and your dental health going directly to hell. Yeah, but see, but your your dental this is this is where you know if you have kids, right? If you're if you're if you're healthy going in, because because I mean, so, again, there's a lot of you know, we, we we were starting to see some of the food fuckery in the 70s, right? Or at least at least a bit more of it, right? And so I'm sure that my that if my parents were eating a little bit healthier, that maybe I wouldn't have had some of the the, the I, I haven't had a ton of dental problems, but I don't exactly have the the most straight teeth right and so it's not but this you, is unfortunately not something teeth. well i just i just need to go get them cleaned i think that's the but but i've not i've not had any cavities i used to have cavities as a kid and i don't anymore why because i don't fucking eat sugar and that's a doctor will tell you don't eat sugar because that's because that stuff gets on you and i mean and then the same thing happens with alcohol too to a degree but um but they got it backwards it's not that if you can chew properly you you're you know it's because the rest of your body's in better health that's right it's not one or the other that these people are, are saying A causes B when it's B causing A. Now, here's this was here's another story that, that it just kind of it just kind of blew me away. People who exercise regularly may have higher tolerance for pain. Now, researchers from Norwegia analyzed the impact of physical activity on pain tolerance by evaluating data from more than ten thousand adults who are part of a population study called Tramoso. According to the findings published in the journal PLOS One, physically active people have better tolerance to pain when compared to those who are sedentary. Duh. Yes. They needed a study to show this. I mean, come on. When you're, if you think about the fact that endorphins, which are what helps you regulate your pain management, of course you're going to have more of those circulate in your bloodstream if you're physically active, as well as your joints and your muscles aren't all sore and uh, ultimately atrophied to some degree yeah. because of being sedentary. Even just sitting, listening to our podcast. That's creating a degree of, you know, a atrophy in, in your muscles and such because you're in a sedentary position. Now, of course, it's dispersed easily when you walk and get active again. But honestly, there's a lot of people who just are very sedentary, whether it's because of their jobs or they just don't have the motivation or whatever. So it was interesting to find this particular study because if you think about the fact, it's almost kind of circular. Because if you're in pain, you don't want to move. But if you don't move, it's going to increase the amount of pain you're in. And, and it's a vicious cycle that you wonder, how do you break out of it? Exactly. Yeah. So... Now, this is here again. Uh, so genetic tendency toward higher blood pressure and cholesterol may increase Alzheimer's risk, a study suggests. Now, according to a new study, a combination of genetically higher blood pressure and cholesterol may increase a person's risk of developing Alzheimer's. Now, earlier studies have also shown a link between high blood pressure in the middle age and a higher risk of Alzheimer's later in life. Now, experts also noted that the risks of Alzheimer's increased with higher levels of HDL versus LDL cholesterol. LDL cholesterol is most associated with cardiovascular disease. Now... Okay, so we we considering that we've uh, that high blood pressure and Alzheimer's uh, well they they kind of come from the same thing. It's hypertension. It's it's a, it's a, it's a, you know diabetes. It's it's the it's a too much fucking sugar, right? Um, it's all the same. It's all the same thing. And we now cholesterol is kind of a boogeyman, and there's a lot more to the, the cholesterol story. It's that, a bastardized term, is what it is. Yes, but cholesterol is 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 a, is a, it, it, it may it, it indicates there's a problem. It's not the source of the problem, right? It's it's yeah. It's, but at the same time, your body creates cholesterol. Yes, the body naturally. Do, yes, it, it does. does require. It yes, and by the way, eighty percent of the body and eighty percent of the cholesterol floating around in your in your system comes from your brain. It's actually because the brain needs needs cholesterol. It, 
it, it's yeah so it needs yeah it's yeah the body can manage cholesterol now we, we start getting into the types of cholesterol and the volume yeah there's there's some you know you, maybe you start finding some stuff there but again those are those are symptoms not the actual problem no, the reason that those things are happening is because something else upstream is happening. So, exactly. um, now, so, okay. Excess fat and muscles may be more dangerous than having a pot belly study warrants. Now, again, this is kind of a no shit thing because uh, now myosteatosis is the accumulation of a pathological fat in skeletal muscle tissue. And it also tends to increase with age and it's been linked to the development of type two diabetes according to the national library of, 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 of medicine. Now, um, yeah, and in fact, it's it's funny because I've seen because I've heard um, on, on like Vinny and some of the other podcasts that, that I listen to uh, related to health they, that you can that by you know, getting rid basically uh, you know going low carb for you know and, and, and not and not eating sugars grains and seed oils even for just a few weeks you may not lose a ton of weight initially but the weight you do lose happens to be with the most dangerous weight which is the weight around your uh, um, around your organs and such exactly. right? so but and you could you could go from having a, you know high, really high blood sugars to 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 normalize blood sugars in a matter of uh, you know, within, a month. You know, within like a month or, or so yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, and this, and there's all, and, and there are people that are thin that have type two diabetes. They're clearly not fat. Well, that those are those are tofies. They're fat. They're thin on the outside and fat on the inside. Uh, you know, these are people where they where they have their fat isn't they they, they can't do uh, you know they can't have fat under their skin right they they, they don't have, they they don't have enough fat deposits there so they unfortunately they pack them out on their muscles and that see that's interesting that you say that because I've often had a thought when looking at people seeing the just abject garbage that they shovel in their faces and yet they're completely skinny and i'm thinking like how are you eating that absolute shit and you don't gain an ounce either you work out at the gym fucking constantly which that's obviously not the case because there's there's no muscle tone you're just not fat that explains so much yeah it does okay um I'm just making sure. Yes, we do have we do have our uh, we do have our cavalcade of stupidity. This is good. We do. Uh, now, it, there was a study involving 9,000 adults which was published in the Journal of Radiology yeah. that showed that people with myosteatosis had a 10-year mortality risk of 15.5%, which is more than the 7.6% observed in just people who were obese. And the fact that the risk is associated with myostatosis was higher than the risk posed by factors such as fat around abdominal organs and fatty liver disease. Of course, now we talked about fatty liver disease and what that comes from. Once again, sugar. Yeah, that's right. And the key risks associated with myosteatosis were comparable to risks associated with smoking or type 2 diabetes. Yeah. So a lot of the same mortality-causing... Yeah. Occurrences I, I, and activity. Okay. I probably should have put this one, this next story, I should have actually put this under the, well, and of course this is how it works, but it's a, but in, in, and you'll understand as I read it here, continuous glucose monitors may diagnose pre-diabetes earlier than blood sugar tests. Now, duh. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of in it's kind of in that whole thing. Now, so a new study has found that prediabetes can be diagnosed by using continuous glucose monitors, and this method could potentially identify people with early signs of prediabetes even before it would have been picked up with a blood sugar test. Uh, this might encourage people to make lifestyle changes earlier in the progression of the condition. So I can actually see that as a step in the right direction because I, oh no, think about it. 
When you got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and your doctor basically told you you were on a train to Foxville, yeah. you made the hard decision that, yeah, you wanted to be around to annoy your grandchildren's children, basically. Yeah. So you made lifestyle changes appropriate to facilitate reversing the disease and such. That's right. So, And but- if you had, arguably, if you had had a continuous meter... And you had been trending in the wrong direction, you probably would have talked to your doctor earlier and possibly been able to circumnavigate even developing the type 2 diabetes. Well, yeah. And I think I take it a step, I take it a step further, though. And actually, um, I, I argue that, that yes, the CGMs are a wonderful thing because what they, because here's the thing when you get your blood test, right? What they're, you know, they're, they're, they're it's basically sampling um, what your blood sugar is, right? Among other things, right? They, they do, they, you know, they usually are, it's, a, it's in the same draw. They, you know, they, they, they do all your cholesterol and all of that stuff, right? So it's, but they, yeah, they check your blood sugar and what they, and, the, and when they, di- the only, the way that they diagnose, uh, if you've got type 2 diabetes, if your blood sugar is over, I think it's 140 milligrams per deciliter right now it's supposed to be a fasting blood glucose by the way so if 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 that's their diagnostic criteria what happened that that means that your insulin you you know you've been high insulin for a very very long time and your body has been trying to keep the blood sugar down but it's been it's unable to do so right and so that the, the blood sugar keeps creeping up right so um and then what, what so and, and that's again that's a snapshot in time right whereas a cgm tells you what your blood sugar is doing like every five minutes or something i mean I remember yeah, because how, the other thing too that, is that you could have just a a carved out fucking breakfast i mean pancakes yeah. biscuits and gravy yeah your insulin you could know, still be working yeah you're fucking yeah. wailing out a, a yeah, uh, could, michael yeah. phelps breakfast and then you go for our now mind you any drivers out there are going to be like yeah fucking no that's not happening because we all know when you go for that dot physical that you don't drink coffee. You don't drink orange juice because you don't want to increase your blood pressure and you don't want to increase your blood sugar. And those two things will make it happen. But for argument's sake, you could have just had a, a Phelps stout breakfast and then you go and have your blood sugar tested and it's fucking sky high because your body's like, dude, you just fucking total DDoSed me with carbs, dude. Like, yeah. I, I can't I can't produce enough insulin. Yeah. It's, That's a one-off. Yeah. Exactly. But that's, yeah. Yeah. So that's, but again, that's, that's when they start doing other tests. If it's, if you're, if your blood sugar is high and it's supposed to be a fasting, which means you shouldn't be eating anything. Right. So, but I'm aware of that. And you know, what's interesting is the blood test that discovered mine was not a fasting. I went in for a DOT physical and I had sugar in my urine apparently. Yeah. So they didn't even tell me what the hell was going on. They just came in and they were like, Oh, we're going to give you a finger stick. And I'm like, the fuck is this about? But I didn't think anything of it. And then they fucking failed me. They wanted to give me a damn, uh, I don't even know if it was a three-month card they wanted to give me. And I was just like, nope. And that's when I um, I started, you know, really thinking about, like, okay, we might want to go see the doctor and see what's going on. That's how I ended up on all those fucking fat man cocktail drugs, more or less. Yeah, exactly. So, but this is, and that's the thing, and, you know, so, um, 
Yeah, but of course, you know, I here's a here's what bothers me about these things. So yeah, certainly tracking the blood sugar, can, you know, on a more regular basis so you can see the trends, right? Because you can see, right, I, my blood sugar spikes really high when I eat that high carb thing, but it it you know it's able to bring it down. But you can if you watch your blood sugar, you get you get some idea of okay, well maybe eating this is not a good idea, or maybe this situation's you know is you know it's causing my blood sugar to go too high, right? Uh, so um, now I, here's what. Bl- blows me things why do these things require a fucking prescription and it's it's pretty much a u.s thing for what i can tell because you can go you can go buy these things over the counter in canada and they're not even that expensive but can you order them and have them shipped well, that's a different. You get, into, you get into different rules there. Now you can get it. You can get a, 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 a. You know there are doc in the boxes that'll prescribe them, of course. But, um, but it's but they're but they're insanely expensive because of that, right? Because you have to go to a medical professional and say, yeah, I want a CGM. That's uh, a total racket. Yeah, it's a total racket. Um, because you can this, get them over the counter. This and pretty- is just more example of how big pharma has nothing to do with caring about your health. Okay, and the fact they are truly out to just make their nut. Yeah, but this is because this it's is, a total tie-in. Yeah, exactly. So, don't give somebody the tools to actually be able to manage this stuff on their own. And let, no, because then they wouldn't end up ultimately needing our drugs to manage their blood sugar. Yeah. So you know, if if you're able to head it off at the past, that's not going to facilitate years and years of prescriptions that are filling fat cat pockets at big pharma. Well, if they'd actually also that if they actually were starting to address the pro- the, the the problems, right? Then they'd realize they they, they they would need more doctors. They need more because they'd have to change a whole lot of things because Again, they know. don't want they are not in the business to make you well. No, they're not. Their business is keeping you sick. Pretty much. So it's, it's just it's scary. You want to know what's sick? Is the is the, is the bo that some people have? Oh my god! And the fucking halitosis. I swear, I want to carry an industrial tub of certs in my rideshare for certain people and just be like mint. Because Jesus Christ, how do you not know your breath is enough to knock a buzzard off a shit wagon? Yeah. So now there are, now apparently there are some diseases that can be dis- diagnosed by your body odor. Now, interesting. Uh, yeah. So most uh, often body odors are associated with a lack of hygiene, or or, or but it can be early sign. Can it be an early sign of disease? Well. <coughs> some experts believe that many diseases uh, can be diagnosed through smell. Now, studies have shown that certain diseases have their own breath print, which can be considered biomarkers for early diagnosis of the conditions. And so you here... That, there, there's actually something to that. And, I, and you know, a little behind the mic here. You always smell fantastic. Like, I just, I want to put that out there. Like, you're the only person I know whose morning breath is not fucking offensive. Well, I, do, on, well I don't eat shit generally. That helps. Yeah, I mean, on general, there's... Yeah. There's just not a weird smell or a off-putting smell that comes off of you. Yeah. Whether you've just stepped out of a shower or whether you're just waking up in the morning, yeah. like you just don't stink. And I really do think that that speaks to diet. Yeah, it does. And uh, so let's talk about, okay, so there, there are five diseases that can be diagnosed through smell and preeclampsia, is, which is a hypertension disorder caused during pregnancy. The complication usually begins after 20 weeks of pregnancy in women who do not otherwise have blood pressure issues. Now, the condition elevates protein levels in urine that indicate kidney damage and signs of other organ damage. If left untreated, preeclampsia can cause complications for the expectant mother and the unborn child and even can turn fatal. Yeah, that's, that's a huge, very painful thing. When you're dealing with it, with being pregnant, they are very, 
adamant about watching for that. Now, lung cancer is another one. This is interesting to me that you can literally kind of like get a clue that you've got lung cancer through your BO. Now, of course, we know lung cancer occurs when cells in the lungs grow abnormally. And studies have shown that lung cancers can be detected at their very earliest stagings using just a simple breath test called nanos. Oh, there you go. That is very interesting. Yeah. Um, now, apparently, uh, kidney failure is a serious health condition that occurs when one or more, one or both of the kidneys stop functioning. Now, it can be due to medical conditions such as diabetes, heart disease, and hypertension. And researchers have found that ammonia in the breath indicates kidney failure. Now, well, a- now that makes complete sense because of the fact that the urea builds up in your system, and of course, urea is what gives urine that ammonia smell. Yes. So sadly, but I, I, I need to say because I actually know a little bit about this. I need to tell you that if you've gotten to the point where your breath is smelling like ammonia, y'all get right with your maker because you're pretty much in some advanced stages and and you're going to need some immediate attention. True to life. This was one of the things I learned when I was in EMT training is if you come across a patient who has ammonia smelling breath, they're in kidney failure. That was the statement made. Yeah. And that's pretty scary to think about. Yeah. Like, there, there's just some shit I didn't ever want to have to come up against knowing the knowledge that I had because I'm, you know, being an empath and just being a generally good human being, you don't want to come upon somebody and your first thought is, well, fuck, you're about to meet God. Like, that, no. No, that exactly. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, uh, so studies have shown that people with diabetes have a fruity smell. They do. That's yeah. another. Well, one that we but, but the, your 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 urine has a sweet smell. It's yes, something. It does. Yeah. So now the now I I had to uh, when I read this to you right. So the fruit, I remember this one. Yeah. So the fruity odor is due to ketoacidosis caused due to insufficient or inefficient use of insulin in the body. The fatal condition causes the body to burn fat for fuel. <clears throat> Bullshit. No. Well, the body can burn that's not unhealthy for the body to burn fat no the way that that was stated was very shitty yes but i know what they're talking about because ketoacidosis is actually um you know you can go into a keto coma and and that is not for meeting not not for meeting a ketogenic diet not for meeting ketogenic diet absolutely not okay but Yes, it is a life-threatening condition, and this was very poorly written to say that, you know, oh, it causes the body to burn fat for fuel. They are getting ketogenesis and ketoacidosis mixed up yes, in they that are. article. Yeah. It was written saying. by, it was must have been written by chat GPT. We'll, we'll talk ah! <laughs> Yes, thank you. Uh, All right. Yes. Yes, that needs an in the morning, which I wish I would. That, I think that would. I think that is oh, the. Oh yes. That would be the occur, the correct clip to play in that moment. Okay. Now. Uh, okay, we got. We have one more condition here: liver failure. When a patient's liver stops functioning or if it slows down, several toxins and contaminants get built up in the urine, sweat, and breath. A raw fish smell is associated with liver failure. That, oh, that's great. That might maybe. The, yeah, your oh oh boy, Mama T. Yeah, I I know I know how she's. Uh, yeah, I, I can and only I know imagine. That's- smell yes dialysis is a smell that you will never forget if you ever smell it in your life yes it's not pleasant no and Uh, that smell gets on the patient i'm sorry i don't know what it is that causes it but you can definitely tell a dialysis patient by the way they smell yeah well 
All right. So there is, um, you know, I think we, we I think we've uh, gotten through the health stories for today. We've, we'll have a, we have a, we'll have a, a fresh load of them for tomorrow. Did and we, I did not I, already eighty six this first story that you have literally put the work into? I could have sworn that I literally <laughs> deleted that link. Uh, you didn't. So we can we can remove it and. This story. Okay, well, hold on. Hey, I, hey, let me. Okay, me. okay. No, go ahead. Let me, play I, the I, opening. I have to play this the one. Is painful. Yes, I. There, there's yeah. There's a reason I, I wanted to pull this one out. That we're gonna play this clip first. The key to life is a penis in your asshole. Okay, I'm going to read. This story I, is like a penis in my asshole. <laughs> yes. Okay. I I'm, read this story, okay. and I could have sworn I deleted it. No, well, you didn't. So, okay, I, I was terrified to tell my husband of five years that I'm bisexual. When I finally came out, he told me he already knew. Um. Yeah, I was when I was reading through this story. I'm just. I was kind of like, well, okay. So, but their relationship hasn't officially changed. It's only the nature of their discussions have changed because now they can talk about other women together, and it's and it's not weird. But she she's apparently not a. And she's never been with another woman. Yes, she's just had. She's just had. She's just had thoughts about it, ladies. Let me talk to you for a minute. Come close to the speaker. Tell me, you can tell Phoenix. She knows. Tell me that at some time in your life, you have not looked at another woman and thought, wow, she has a really nice butt. Wow, she's really pretty. Maybe at some point you've even wondered what it would be like to kiss another girl. You know, cue to Katy Perry song. Seriously, I, this story bothered me. As a proud member of the LGBT LMNOP community, as being pansexual for like my entire fucking life, even though for a good portion of it, I didn't know. Okay? This story bugs the shit out of me. How can you sit there just because you get a homosexual fantasy or desire? If you have never been with someone of the same sex, I, I, I find it hard to hear someone say that, oh, I, I must be this because I had this thought about Claire. Well, guess what? Everybody has those thoughts. It, it's like the Ron White bit where, you know, he's talking about guys being gay and his buddy's like, oh, I'm not gay. He's like, really? What, you, you like watching a flaccid cock fuck a chick? No, nah, man, I like a big, strong. Okay, I see your point. <laughs> like, everybody has a little bit of gay in them. Even the manliest men out there who are sitting there by their speakers going, not me, I just killed a small animal, it's time for a light beer. (laughs) No, seriously. Everybody's got a little bit in there, okay? Yeah. And I just, I I have trouble with this story. Sorry it triggered me badly because I actually read this story in its entirety. And it was like, no. I have a problem with this. Yes, and my comment is, yeah, what man is not going to be okay with his girl being into other girls? I mean... Exactly. Yeah, it's like what? Honestly, I don't know any guy that their wife is going to be like, "Honey, I, I kind of have this overwhelming desire to lick a lot of puss." He's going to be like, "Well, damn it, baby, that's just the end for us." Hell no! He's going to fucking pop the popcorn and fluff the pillows. Yeah, exactly. All right, so. All right, now we're we're gonna we're gonna get into so now that we get now that we've had a little bit of rage out we're gonna have we're now we're uh, now we're gonna this is and, and I read I found this article and it was kind of and and I and I think I, I I can understand this article and it's titled why I don't regret that I didn't walk away from my relationship sooner now 
you know, speaking as somebody who was in a relationship for far too long, I, I've, you know, I, as much as, you know, as, as much as you could argue that I may have wanted to do over on that. Well, no, I don't think I wanted to do over on that. Um, not, but uh, it, it's, it, I realized that I would not have gotten to this point had it not been for everything that happened. So, um, but uh, in this article said, you know, I didn't know how to let go of the someone I loved. I was scared of letting go of what I saw as a potential of this person in the relationship. And I was scared of letting myself down, um, you know, and that's and, and I, yeah, I mean, for me, a lot of that came down to the fact that, yeah, I was trying to keep my, you know, I was, I was trying to do right by my kids. And well, you know, they, unfortunately, they didn't end up doing right by me. So that's a whole nother thing. But um, but uh, when the pain of staying was was, uh, was greater than the fear of leaving, I knew it was the right time to walk away. Yeah, well, I, I knew it was the, you know, the, the, you, you know when it's time. Um, but, uh, and there, the, the, the author gives, gives some advice, and I think it's, and, and, and I th- based on my own experience, I think it's a very reasonable. It's a give, you know, so number one, honor your lessons, right? So, um, you know, healthy relationships, uh, they definitely require more than just the feeling of love. Um, uh, there needs to be commitment, action, integrity, communication, and trust. And feeling love for another person is nice, but you can feel the love for a person and not be in a relationship with them. A relationship requires much more and yeah and that's you know that definitely um you know, make sure, yeah, definitely. I mean, as effortless as everything is between us, there are times when it does require work and we, and we, and we put that time in. Right? We do because of the fact that we recognize this is the most healthy, happiest relationship that we've been in. And we don't expect that the universe is just going to lay it all at our feet for the majority of the time it has. And, and we're very thankful to the universe for that. But uh, for the times when we do have to put the work in, we look at it from a really good point of view that by putting the work in, we're earning it. And we're more than glad to earn this wonderful life that the universe has blessed us with. Yes. Um, you know, and this is, um, and I think this has been, this is, this has been a challenge for both of us. And it's give, give yourself grace. Um, and after I walked, this is the, the author of this article, after I walked away, this hits me like a truck. That's when I started to give myself the grace and love that I pushed down in favor of trying to hold the relationship together. Did I do everything right? No, but that's the point of grace. I poured so much love back into me and my life after the breakup. I gave myself grace to recognize that this relationship was not the right fit, and then it took me some time to really see that. Grace allowed me to forgive both myself and the ex, uh, not because it always creates a ripple effect. And and, and yeah, so it's and yeah, because I when we we. When you and I talk talk off mic about you know, some of the stuff that that, that that happened, yeah, I look you know, and again, I I kind of look at it a little differently now than I did before, and I just say, well, I know that that there was nothing I could have done to fix that, and this was directionally the way things were going to go, so it really doesn't spend it. So, you know, could I have made a better decision there? Yeah, well, I've learned from it, so let's move on, right? There's no yeah, there's absolutely. I mean, we've talked numerous times about the fact that there's no point in continuing to rehash the shit from the past because you cannot change anything. If you learn from it, then it was not a, you know, a fruitless experience. It may have been a negative experience, but again, nothing worth having is ever easy. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it kind of goes along with that. Exactly. So, um, 
Yeah, and really, um, you know, letting go is a process, not a destination. Unfortunately, my letting go process was uh, was uh, mostly legal in, in nature. So that that uh, as far as letting go of the relationship, I had let go of the relationship a long time ago. This was not a this that part of the process was uh, was relatively straightforward because it, by the you know at least from the, the beginning of 2022 when this all started, I already knew what what the what the direction things were heading. So um, it was sadly I. Did did not yeah. have that um yeah so i didn't have that emotional separation when when i flipped my chessboard it it was painful emotionally for me um yeah it for was reasons that a lot of which i think stem from just the years of indoctrination that it was all my fault and if i walked away you know because he was disabled i was a piece of shit person you know, various just, you know, terrible brainwashing over the years. And I mean, I'm thankful for you for the fact that you have helped me to stay tethered when I start to feel bad or relapse into that controlled mindset to remind me that I don't owe him a thing. We are finalized. Our divorce literally in another like month and a couple of weeks will be a whole year since I've been fully divorced from this person and I've never been happier. Sadly, I think about how many times I would think about leaving and then I would have the thought of how sad I would be if I left and something happened to this person. I would feel guilty. I would feel like it was my fault because I gave up. I mean, I beat the shit out of myself mentally for so many nights and ultimately convincing myself. I mean, talk about being in a prison of your own mind. I would spend so many nights thinking about the fact that I was a shitty person if I walked away and I must still be in love with him because I have this emotion when I think about something happening to him. And it really has been only recently that I realized that, yes, I can still have that emotion of being really upset because of the time. I mean, it wasn't. And I've said it before. It wasn't always horrible. It wasn't 24 seven you know, clown porn and, and brownie batter. Thank you, Deadpool. No, it wasn't always terrible. I'm just saying, it wasn't always horrible. But it wasn't where I needed to be. And ultimately, I've gotten to a point where I can realize that, yes, if something were to happen to him, it would upset me because of how many years we spent together. But... That doesn't mean that it's my fault that it happened. Doesn't mean that if I were there, it wouldn't have happened. It just would have changed the dynamics because it probably would have ruined me even further. Much like you have someone who is kidnapped and, and held and, and all this horrible shit happens to them. And they end up with Stockholm Syndrome where they literally bond with their captor. I really equate my marriage to that, that if I had stayed and then something had inevitably health-wise happened to him, it would have completely destroyed me because I had become so dependent emotionally for any scrap of emotion that he would show me. And I realized, you know, through talking to you and realizing I wasn't alone in my, you know, in my hell, that I wasn't the only one, maybe not in the exact same way, but to the same degree, I was going, I wasn't the only one going through it. And I think that's what gave me the strength to stand up and say, you know what? I would rather die on my own terms than on his. 
emotionally and otherwise. Yeah, well. And I took control of my life. Yeah, well, that's that's what we both did. And this is, and letting go, I mean, it's still a process. I, you know, I mean, I I mean, that's what was the, you know, making. Yeah, I got lost. Yeah, you got you went you went down that rabbit hole. But I think it's it is this is, and even for myself, I think about it. I I'm still. As much as I know that I can't change anything, and I, and and it's you know the things still come up from time to time that I kind of go you know just just even our interactions sometimes something will happen and I go wow okay that's that reminds me of this right that yeah this and I ha- mean he still has stuff in my storage unit yeah. so we still kind of have that connection where there is communication because of this now what happens after that is up to me and and I've noticed. That with him and with my oldest son, (coughs) who I hope is listening, because I enjoy when he listens to the show, I'm learning to set and hold boundaries with these people. Because I will allow you to be a part of my life as long as you act right. You start acting stupid, it's over. There's a severance. Because I don't need drama and I don't need strife in, in my life. Because you don't have your shit together. You know, you want to talk nice to me. You want to talk respectful to me. When I'm being respectful to you, we can have a conversation. But as soon as you start the narcissistic stupidity, I'm done. It's it's block and it's delete. And that's how yeah. it is. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's, uh, okay. So you have, so there's an article here, humbleness versus humility, five yeah, basic I, differences. And I, I, you, I you, you dissected this, this. I did. I got into this article. And it was kind of in, an interesting read because when you're on a quest for personal growth, it's a good idea to take the ideals of humbleness and humility into consideration. You know, both the qualities are similar and they encompass selflessness and modesty, which are admirable in any human being. But there is a moderate difference. So if we start with definitions, humbleness is the state or quality of lacking pride or arrogance or in being modest. And it also refers to the quality of feeling you're not more important than anyone else and that you're continuously respectful. Now, similarly, humility is defined as meekness, lowliness, and submissiveness. It's the opposite of pride. And a person who exhibits humility is known for having a modest opinion of themselves. And I can kind of agree with that because the two are often intermingled and mistaken for one another. Now, the first difference You have to start with the beginnings of humbleness and humility. And humbleness stems from a sense of low regard for oneself and a personal sense of modesty. There's an avoidance of arrogance. And when you encounter someone exhibiting humbleness, you'll most likely notice that they downplay their abilities and their successes. Where, on the other hand, humility comes from a place of a person understanding their strengths and weaknesses, and they appreciate the contributions of other people, whether on a personal or a professional level. Yeah, and you can... and. Yeah, and I think that, that yeah, I mean, I think there's a reason you dug into this article because you've you've often said that you've also I think you've also you've used both of those words and with uh, in in, in uh, comparison to me. Or, Very much yeah. so. Very much so. Uh, and as as I went through this article, I drew several contrasts with you. I figured I figured you would because yeah, that's what that's what you do. Um, so um, now now. Um, Impact on relationships and humbleness can create a barrier in relationships if the person is continually self-deprecating. Fostering a healthy relationship takes balance. And while some humbleness is good, too much can be off-putting. 
Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, contrastingly, humility can bring a relationship closer as the persons encourage each other s- to join communication respectfully. Self-deprecating speak can be lessened with support from a loving partner as it is a form of trauma response. Yeah, that was my input just saying. Yeah. And it's true because there are still times, and I've addressed them with you, where I have that internal monologue being self-deprecating. And it does cause me to go to a dark place. And, I mean, we we ran into this the other night because I had something that was bothering me that I didn't feel comfortable conversating with you about because it was trauma response of I didn't want to disappoint you. I, I didn't want to make you unhappy. And it was something so insignificant that it... It would have been maybe 30 seconds of disappointment and then you're fucking over it. But it literally caused an entire just shutdown internally for me because I didn't know how to articulate this. Yeah, well, we, we got through it, though. We it's, did. Yeah, so, um, now, there's strength in vulnerability. And because humbleness can stem from insecurities, it can limit the reality and perception of a person's strength in vulnerability. Now, a person's growth can be hindered by their unwillingness to take risks due to anxiousness or a lack of confidence. And I will tell you that I was hearing Tigger's voice while reading this particular part of the article because we had, and, and we'll talk about it in the Toast and Jam, there's, there's an upcoming event that's caused me a lot of anxiousness and has unfortunately negatively fed the lack of confidence in myself and my appearance that I have. So alternatively, humility uses being vulnerable as a source of strength. It acknowledges limitations and it helps the person to cultivate resilience and a growth mindset in spite of that vulnerability. Yeah. Wow. So, um, but I think we can, but it, yeah, the, how it's, and I guess there's difference number four, focus on humbleness versus humility. Now, how a person sees themselves relates to humbleness as they self-reflect. Now, humbleness often leads to avoiding drawing attention to oneself, which may or may not lead to an unhealthy self-perception. In contrast, humility goes beyond personal introspection to external interactions with others, and it adds how the person treats people on a, on a personal, professional level, focusing on respect and kindness. And a, per- a perk to having humility is that it promotes active listening and provides support when necessary. Yeah, that's. I think that's pretty accurate. I think so. Um, now we th- now we get into the, I guess authentic recognition and humbleness yeah. alone can prevent a person from recognizing. Um, their their achievements and accepting praise from others. They may feel uncomfortable when someone praises their success and finds it embarrassing, particularly if they're an introvert. Now, this should have a photograph of you next to that definition. I just want that said. Because I... You completely downplay the shit out of your accomplishments on an all-the-time basis. Yes, I am... This is true. Uh, yeah, this is, this is, I guess it's. You, you, you are kind of like, oh, I'm not really a big deal with two book covers on your walls yeah. and multiple accolades, five pages of accolades on a resume of people who've worked with you who just cannot sing your praises loud enough. Yeah. Like, seriously, people know who you are on a large scale level, including the Podfather himself. But no, you're nobody special there, phone boy. 
Nah, you're just some dude. I'm, I am just some dude named Phone Boy. But yeah, all right. So, so, in contrast, a person with humility can gracefully accept compliments and give compliments easily to others for their successes and achievements. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, there, and there are definite advantages to uh, to fostering both uh, humbleness and humility. And, um, yeah, humility generally wins out. Um, you know, when when we ask ourselves which is better, um, the the ties overlap. Both humbleness and humility run deep as the attributes overlap, which means they're not mutually exclusive, and that's true. Um, still, humility does add that external quality of respect and care for others that helps foster healthy relationships. Now, some may say that humbleness is needed to maintain a down-to-earth perspective, while others may counter that humility is important in making genuine connections. Now, when it comes to determining which is best, both humbleness and humility can coexist, and they can complement each other. I think I think I, I think I got a little bit of both in, the, in this uh, thing. You do. Yeah. When you possess both, we uh, you, it does create a more balanced and grounded approach to life. Yes, I think it, it's... I think, and honestly, I think you've done really well embracing both of those aspects since you got away from your ex because you have a supportive partner and you realize no matter how many times you hear it because at this point it's a lot yes you really are somebody and you've really made an amazing life for who you are you you are memorable you have a lot of things you can hang your hat on that you can be proud of you're an amazing person. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Johnny Hammercock is... is, is uh, oh, yeah. There's some shenanigans going on in the chat. If you're listening live and you are not in the troll room, you are missing out on some great conversations. LotusEffect.chat. It'll bring you to the Kiwi IRC, and you can join the shit nanigans that's going on in this chat right that, now. That's right. Um, yeah. So, so speaking of speaking of a, speaking of some shit nanigans, <laughs> look at this. Yes, yeah, decreased sexual satisfaction in middle-aged men. Say that again. Middle-aged <laughs> men is linked to memory loss. So let me get this straight. Um. Yeah, if the sex wasn't that good, it's not memorable. What's the fucking problem? <laughs> Why do we need research on this? Well, yeah. So, but the study okay, published in the journal uh, Gerant uh, Gerontologist ex examined the influence of factors such as microvascular changes affecting erectile dysfunction, erectile function, uh, and dysfunction, and, and, and psychological shifts, including reduced libido on the sexual drive of middle-aged men, and explored how these factors start to impact cognitive function. What was unique about our approach is that we measured memory function and sexual function at each point in the longitudinal study so we could look at how they change together over time. That sound, sounds like something they should do all the time. Uh, Martin uh, Sil Silwinski, professor of human development and family studies at Penn State and co-author on the study said in a news release. Now, what we found connects to what scientists are beginning to understand about the link between life satisfaction and cognitive performance. Uh, um, you know, that actually is an interesting theory when you think about all of the neurotransmitters that we have in our brains and how they affect every movement that we make. So if you're sad, depressed, your life sucks, yeah, you're going to have less of those mood-stabilizing inhibitors in your brain that are being produced. And ultimately, it, it's going to lead to a cognitive decline in your later years. That That's kind of water is wet. 
Yeah. Just saying. Yes. Now, this is in 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 you know, scientists have found if you have low satisfaction generally, you are you are at uh, at a higher risk for health problems like dementia, Alzheimer's disease, cardiovascular disease, and other stress-related issues that can lead to cognitive decline, Solwinski said. Improvements in sexual satisfaction may actually spark improvement in memory function. We tell people they should get more exercise and eat better foods. We're we're showing that sexual satisfaction also has importance for our health and general quality of life. Now, of course, I, 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 I'm going to myself. I think you're looking at this all wrong. You're, if you're not, if you're not healthy, you're not likely to be sexually active, and therefore not likely to get satisfied sexually. Because you know, I mean, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this out as, as an image on the internet in, 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 in brain form. You're large, you know, 400 pounds, and you want to have rough sex. How does that work? I, I don't know. I mean. It, 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 there's just <laughs> just saying so ow <laughs> oh boy just whacked himself in the forehead with his microphone that was worth the price of admission y'all oh fuck what I was gonna say about this story Jesus Christ there go the rails again bye <laughs> we're off on the damn we're off the rails anyways y'all what I was going to say about this was the fact that can I see insurance companies now starting to charge for hookers because, you know, your, your mental health matters. So, you know, we need to improve the mental health of people. Let's start buying them pussy. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that... Yeah, that could be interesting. I mean, you know, of course, they, it would have to be in states where uh, prostitution is, uh, is, uh, is legal, but... Uh, well, know. this is what I'm saying. This is a progression. Let's legalize pussy and then we can legalize insurance companies charging for escort services oh my yeah it's it's, it's, it's it, and we know how we know how bad they do for rideshare when they use uh, uh, you know the insurance companies rideshare for medical trans yeah, i've got the marketing already already set up in my head we'll call it happy hoochies jeez. <laughs> oh, okay uh okay or happy hard-ons depending on you know what gets you there when the hell did we become a triple X podcast? What happened? I don't remember this. Uh, rails? What rails? I don't even remember seeing the train. That's right. Now, okay. I have one. We have one more story before we go to the cavalcade of stupidity, which I have here, uh, ready to go uh, when the when the time and when the time comes. Uh, so, how pain can be a teacher, and why we need to stop avoiding it. And this was this was a conversation we were having earlier this week too. So. Um, and, and I think, um, so the author of this article, one day I found myself without busy work and distractions when taking a career break, not, not being able to hide behind time fillers, a whole army of emotions and feelings came at once. The bottled up monster escaped, the dam broke and the castle fell under attack. Um, and this is, and, and that's sometimes what happens. You, you know, you get, you just, you're trying to avoid dealing with something and, and you know, it eventually just keeps calling your name. And I accepted my pain avoidance patterns as an unchangeable status quo. I, I did not see reality in any different way. And with time, I learned that pain was not the boogeyman to be afraid of. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, thing, thing, thing about Think about it. Yeah, pain became a teacher, an early alarm that something uh, was not going well as a motivator. Now, getting praise and encouragement for good behavior isn't the only way to learn. Our participation, prizes-driven society creates a false sense of entitlement, preventing us from personal growth. Um, and that, that's for yeah, that's for sure. It's like everybody everybody gets a prize for showing up, right? You know. Well, that's in this friggin' day and age, anyway. 
Yes. Um, yeah, the, uh, our bodies communicate through sensations, and pain is one of the common languages that the body uses to make us understand in a split second that something isn't right. It, also, it can also speak for your body and mind as our emotional and physical circuitry is interconnected. And it, yeah, so you, sometimes when you feel pain, it is because of you know, something else going on. Um, and good pain, right? Because if you're exercising, right, and you get, you know, you, you, you know, you get a, get a my good brain w- went somewhere completely different when you said good pain. But please continue. Yeah, well, I, I think I, I think I know where that went. Uh, that that's the after, 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 after party, right? I'm behaving, I yeah, promise. I'm behaving. Yes, good pain keeps us wanting more of the experience. G, uh, G, Miss Craven, more cock. I guess that's. Uh, I guess we got that. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) It motivates incremental growth by forming a habit of seeking that familiar feeling. (laughs) Craven Warcock. (laughs) It's bad. Terrible. It's bad cousin will cripple us if left unnoticed or overwhelm us. Um, Teaching hopelessness. So, you know, I actually understand that because when I go to the gym, and I work my arms like the first day or two. My arms are just fucking killing me. But I, I love that pain and it makes me want to go back and work out more. Yes. Um, it's like going for a good run, which kind of the same thing. You, you get, yeah. a, get, get a nice feeling. That's, uh, yeah. Um, so um, and as much as I don't want to sit through the hard lessons, um, and, and, you know, and we've been discussing this uh, throughout our, uh, our, our, our journey together. Is, mm-hmm. Yes, it's, um, we've lear- I've learned to respect and heed pain's presence. It's a, uh, so, you know, knowing that becoming invincible to it is impossible, I've learned to recognize the challenge and see it as a catalyst for growth. And, and then these, you know, it's there for a reason. It's there to tell you something. And, and yeah, and, and unfortunately, in order to grow, you have to move past it, right? The pain probably still going to be with you to a degree, but you're going to be able to uh, uh, appreciate it and understand it for what it is. And it does lessen over time. Right. So um, it is, I think it's a, yeah. So I think when we have that, when we deal with those, when those painful moments come up from time to time, whatever the cause of it, it's yeah, we got to deal with it because this is yeah, the because only- we understand that it's a step in growth. It's a step in growth. Okay. Now I think we are ready to do the cavalcade of stupidity. Let's get stupid. Let, let's get let's get stupid here. Let's see if I can actually open this up and let's see if it'll actually play. That would be nice. Heidi ho, pedal heads, and welcome to the Rev Cyber Truckers Cavalcade of Stupidity. If you've never heard of Mark Jonathan Davis, I can forgive you. But if you've never heard of Richard Cheese, his alter ego, then you and I have some problems. Now, Richard Cheese and the band Lounge Against the Machine put out their self-titled debut in 2000. But three years prior to that, he released Star Wars Cantina, under the band name The X-Swingers. And two years later, The Phantom Medley was released. This is Mark Jonathan Davis and the X-Swingers, The Phantom Medley. Well, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, this guy in black was on the track of the rebels led by Leia. Hey, Luke Skywalker, they fried your uncle and aunt, so he left tattooing with a lightsaber in his pants. You can bet I want to be a Jedi, there is no try, only do. Use the force, trust me, Luke, it's neato. Listen to Vandal tell you when to launch your torpedo. It's a ship that is flown by that Indiana Jones, and the Falcon goes flying along. 
is Darth Vader. He's a Jedi hater. He dies much later in episode six. Obi-Wan Kenobi, all covered in brown. He may cut your arm off if you screw around. The Star Wars movies, a trio without equal, and now it's time for episode one. Pop goes the prequel. The Phantom Menace, the Phantom Menace. Who are you gonna see it with? Share a cola with Sebulba, or have some popcorn with the Sith. Jar Jar Binks, Jar Jar Binks. His floppy ears are giant. They rendered him with a Pentium. Let's hope he's Y2K compliant. Watch pod races in the heat. Kaboom, kaboom. Anakin needs a booster seat. Oh, the Tatooine day. They'll be flying around Naboo when they come. They'll be fighting battle droids of the Federation. Hey, those lightsabers sound just like electric razors. They'll be flying around Naboo when they come. Oh, ye force flow to the Oh my! That was awesome. Thank you, Revside. And we will play the uh, the full uh, version of that song in, in Studio Thirty Three, which will yes, which will, will come on after uh, this uh, this fine podcast that we are in the process of uh, uh, in, of uh, providing to you right now. So uh, we we are okay. So now we are to the toast and jam segment of our we show. Are. And uh, today, uh, so for the, so I um yeah, I think the thing that you were referring to earlier, we'll talk about tomorrow. Uh, oh yes, yes, because yes. we need. We, I think I think tomorrow would be, although maybe moving. Actually, maybe talking about that and talking about the other stuff tomorrow would be better. There because, you go. Because I think it. I, I think it actually would make more sense because we Don't talked. Don't you about just it. love the way his brain works? You guys have no idea what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. But he's figuring it out. Yes. Okay. So let's talk. Let's talk about what I, what, what finally happened this week. Um, this is something I've been, uh, that I've been kind of hoping for, for, well, a, a while, uh, because, uh, um, you know, as you know, I work for an Israeli company. Uh, I, I used to go, uh, visit, uh, uh, quite often prior to COVID then COVID happened. And then, uh, there's been, there's been no trips. Uh, so, um, and, and, it, and so it turns out that when there, there's been some debate about finally with the, you know, the, with the, with the travel restrictions and everything, um, uh, they've, it's taken a little bit for everything to get ramped back up again and so there were doing but uh we finally got something on the calendar and it tr- and, and we um and we actually and i'm actually going to israel and we're gonna i'm gonna bring uh bring the lady phoenix with me uh, as i as i promised i would and it's gonna it turns out that the trip is gonna be on the week of my birthday so um you know so it's gonna be quite a uh quite an experience um and uh, this is uh, something I've been looking forward to for a while, and so yes, the tickets have been purchased and and, and all of that. And so, um, but uh, that that that's been this is it's it's uh, obviously it's uh, created some uh, there. There's been some discussions that have come uh, come as a result of uh, of all of that. So um, that I is there. So um, yeah, what are you okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there anything else I need? Is there anything else I need to say about that or? No. Okay. Um, I'm. 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 I'm getting. So, and we'll talk about the stuff that we did today. We'll talk about that tomorrow. So, I think we. I think and there's no. Do we didn't have any tales from rideshare this week, did we? No, it was kind of a slow week. I mean, I did take a couple of days off. So you know that that does kind of inhibit the tales I get. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but in any case, um, yeah, we'll talk about this. Yeah. The other stuff tomorrow, I think is a good idea. We have some voicemails for today. However, we do, we do have voicemails this. So, 
Um, this is, uh, so we have, um, yeah, we, so, um, you can call, so our topic this week is what would you like a do over on? Uh, and, uh, and I think, um, yeah, and that we, and you can, uh, you can weigh in on this, uh, later if you're listening to this, you can, or you can call in and, and, you know, we certainly take uh, your past uh, calls on, on, on these things, uh, 253-237-3321. Um, I think we have a, we have a caller here and we're going to, we're going to play this call real fast. Hey, Alexa. Unmute, phone boy. <laughs> Thank you, Christopher Battles. Fantastic. Yes. Well, lean into it. Well, he does actually call. He did. He did call back. Uh, oh, we'd expect no less. Uh, yeah, we got. We did get a call from him, uh, and, and this is a little bit, a little bit longer here. Hello, hello, hello. It's Phoenix and Phone Boy. Yeah. I do over. You know, I definitely think there's something to be said about like, you know, you learn you learned your lessons and stuff like that because of going through them. So not necessarily wanting to redo or anything, but I mean, which which I'll probably stand with. But there's also be something to be said about like, you know, if that hadn't happened, you want to be here kind of deal and and whatnot, you know. And I, I mean, I know that from just. You know, we can all think of different, just different scenarios and stuff like that, friends or family or whatever. And it's like, well, if you wouldn't, you know, you know, sometimes it's like, hey, you wouldn't have those kids or whatever sort of thing. But, uh, my, I think I thought it would probably just be taking action on things sometimes sooner or at all kind of deal. Um, my wife and I didn't get married till a couple of years ago and, uh, or we got married a couple of years ago and she's a few years younger than me. So there was, at one point there was a, a little bit of a uh, decent enough age gap, I guess, where, you know, would be odd. But uh, not, as one, you know, not as a matter, but uh, so there was that. So probably, but still, probably would have definitely, like we talked about, it's like we would have got married earlier and, you know, therefore been able, we haven't had kids yet, but, uh, you know, been able to have kids earlier and stuff like that and not be, I already know I'm going to be an older dad and whatnot. So stuff like that. Um, same thing, probably just like, do over I would definitely say like I'm not saying I'm not definitely not like a college is the answer to everything but just we've gone to push through like I always tell people just go ahead and you know if you're going through college you know just go ahead and get the degree kind of thing don't let hours and you know a few extra hours unless you really have to like distract you you know just go ahead and get it done at least for maybe you know just a sense of accomplishment and and whatnot and uh just have a little bit of a better footing or whatever um so probably yeah, something work wise, relationship wise. Sometimes vocal mails, you know, like sometimes I just start. I'm like, what? What am I even doing here? I should, can I just delete this? But you know, I don't want to go through all that hassle. Hey, can you not play that? Whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I'd probably say those are the bigger two things. But you know, you do what you got to do, and you just uh, keep on going, kind of deal. Like, uh, don't necessarily like the no regret mentality, but there's something to be said about it. So, all right. Love you guys. Stay dangerous and enjoy this Friday. I mean Saturday. Kick off, Mr. Christopher Battle. Okay, Thank you so much. Okay, so all that asshole. 
yes. That, that that is that is yeah. That is beautiful. Yes, because yeah, Uh-oh. that so was Christopher Battles might become a show title again. He might. Uh, that so was a good one. That was a great one. Yeah. So we. So um. Yeah. That that and and yeah. This 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 brought up behind the mic while we're listening to this. Oh yeah. Uh, you're starting classes again on Tuesday. I am. I I've done went and lost my mind and decided that, it, like you know, Christopher Battles was saying about. You know, if, if you're going to college, just get that degree. I want to accelerate getting my degree so I can get into this workforce, this shit show that is developing uh, on the daily. I, I dig the hell out of all of the tech stories. I've really gotten engrossed in listening to Angry Tech News and Grumpy Old Ben's. And just anytime a story involving anything with tech comes to my attention like i read it with absolute hungry enthusiasm so i figured you know if i sacrifice a little bit of myself over this summer and next i can make my graduation date be fall 2024 as opposed to spring 25 and i'm fantastic with that i'm a little nervous because it is a programming class and being the epic raging tech tard that i have been most of my life this is going to be 180 degrees from anything that I'm used to, at least with the math and English and stuff. I had a little bit of background having taken those classes in high school. I had something to kind of draw from. This is going to be blank slate. So I'm really going to be heavily dependent upon my podcast partner in crime here if I have any questions about any of the stuff I'm going to learn during the programming class. And then the beginning of July, I'll be starting a communication class, which I'm a little nervous about because apparently there's some public speaking video thing that ends up having to happen. And as much as I do this podcast every week, yeah, y'all are not watching me. I'm not on camera speaking to you all. So, but she is naked. Oh, details, technicalities says the man who's still wearing his shorts because, you know, he told me he was going to podcast naked he just needed his shorts to carry things up in the pockets and yet here we are almost an hour into the show and who's still dressed that's phone boy actually we're almost two hours into the show but that's not the point uh, yes now but what is the point by the way so when i started this segment we had four voicemails so and i have played two voicemails there are now, there are now five voicemails in the queue Yay! so i love that we are getting we're getting people calling in yes yeah. you can still weigh in on what would you do for a do-over in your life anything two five three two three seven three three two one tell us about it that's right um like this caller did What I wish I could do over, I wish I had majored in computer science instead of being literary arts. My career would have taken a whole new trajectory. One thing I'm glad I didn't pursue, though, is library science because that is going the way of the dodo, even as much as I loved it. That's my thoughts, and I'm sticking to them. Love y'all. Bye. Thanks, Mama. Thanks, Mama. Yeah, the uh, yeah, it, it, you would have definitely gotten a different uh, point of view in the world. I, I think the computer science uh, back when you were in, when you, when you were doing that, yeah, it was probably it was very different. I would I would imagine than even what I went through, and I'm sure it's different today. Um, you know, it's uh, um, but uh, yeah, I think I think uh, you, it, it's a very different sort of uh, thought process uh, to go through uh, that, that, that people aren't used to. So. Um, 
And uh, yeah, we got another voicemail here. This is a, this looks like a, a, we got, yeah. So we've got, like I said, we we're, we're, we're voicemail rich. Two, five, three, two, three, seven, three, three, two, one. Yes, you can do it. Um, and uh, you can, you can do in, there's no transcript on this one. At least it doesn't say there's a transcript, but let's, okay. let's play it. Hey y'all. I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, I see your topic for this show is what you wish you had a do over on. And, uh, well, the puppy dogs and I are currently anchored in Mill Creek, uh, just south of the Potomac on the Maryland-Virginia border, and we're waiting out a storm in the Chesapeake. So we're hungered out with the wind noise. I apologize for that. Uh, it's, it's getting pretty windy up top. But what I would do over is I have had the best and the worst. And this is a little off the beaten path, so cut this shit show off anytime you want when you get bored. But, so I'm transgender, and before I transitioned, I was an absolute asshole and was out of control. And I screwed over every person that I knew, and I screwed over every girlfriend that I ever had. I cheated on everyone, and I was just, there wasn't a chick I wouldn't fuck. It was disgusting. The way I treated people was absolutely horrible. And after I transitioned, I'm have zero interest in sex and I'm actually in control of myself and it's wonderful. <laughs> Most people, you know, just for me, having no interest in sex is an amazing thing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually able to make good decisions. Um, you know, I've screwed over so many people and I was, uh, before I transitioned and, there are so many things that I wish I could do over, but, you know, at the same time, it's those things that make you who you are. And, you know, there's a cause to other people. And, um, you know, just it's a constant reminder to never do those things again and to try and be better. So, obviously, I wish I wouldn't have heard uh, I think the biggest uh the biggest regret I have is when I transitioned. You know, I know why the drinking age is at 21, because to go through puberty and be able to drink is an absolute horrible thing. <laughs> so when I went through transition, it was a rough time. You know, you're flooding your body with new hormones and you're cutting off. At the end of the day, I came out way better on the other end than... Um, what I went in at, and I, I'm a much better person now, and I'm happier as a result of not being a slave to the hormone anymore. Um, but I, because I was an asshole during that transition time, I destroyed my relationship with my son. It's out of my hands. Now. Yeah, well, the, the, it, yeah, we got, yeah, we. I knew that there was a crappy reception when I played it, uh, Andrea. This but, is, but we you know, got but, the gist of. Yeah, it's there's yeah. I mean, there's so many uh, there's so many regrets um, that one could have, but I think it's uh, it it is actually I think it's um, yeah. There's so I mean, I, I can think even just things that I did in my life because I took the path I took. 
um, there were decisions I made that, yeah, I do maybe, maybe regret a few of those things. But again, this is where you got to show yourself grace. You know, you made the best, you thought you made the best decision you could at the time based on the information you had then. Uh, so, um, this is, you know, so you give, you have to give yourself the grace and say, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I screwed up, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I forgive myself because it, it, but it know, actually, it, it speaks to something you and I have been talking about, which is when you're in line with your true self, you're a much happier person. You're a much better person. Prior to transition, I would imagine that Andrea was just, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You're in, you're in the chat, darling. But like, I would imagine that you just, you were unhappy and you're trying to find something to fulfill that, that part of you just find something that would make you happy. And, and when you, you transitioned, you finally, realized that happiness and and it changed your whole outlook on life now i could be wrong but you know change your thinking you change your environment or vice versa you change your environment you change your thinking exactly um and it is yeah it's that's what you, what we got to do here so um all right so let's see where we're at here we got another we have another voicemail yay so we, we're gonna and we're gonna play this one I got nothing. But we love you. Bye. Yeah, I believe that that is your... I, I believe that that is... Um, That'd be my mom. That was your mom. She's she's a tech tard. It's where I get it from. Yes. I'm trying to teach her. Yes, however... She, but she did call in, so thank you. Thank, yes, uh, yes so. thank you, mom, for calling in. And actually, you know what? I got a text message from her. I would assume that the phone call and the text message were probably very close in time to one another. And what she had said that she would change if she had the chance to do it all over again was that she would not leave home at such a young age. You know, she she met my dad and started and was with my dad from the time she was 16. So she did not have a chance to really enjoy her teenage years and enjoy that, which is being a young adult. She went right from being very innocent to being under the control of a raging narcissist, an abusive one at that. So that is the regret that she has listed that she would change in her life. And I get that. <clears throat> but at the same time, I'm not sure if she had changed that particular item that I would be here spitting in the mic with y'all yeah. that could have completely changed the trajectory yeah. of the course of history. And, and I may not have existed. Yeah. Who knows? There's lots of, yeah. And so, um, all right, we have another voicemail here. I'm going to play it. Yeah, we got to do it. We, we got to do it. We got to do it. We'll play this one. The loudest of facts with Phoenix and phone boy. It's uh, it's weirdo. Um, the question is: There anything you would do over? Well, I mean, I'm sure we all have like things that we would probably do different if we had the opportunity. Um, but also, you try not to regret things, right? Because that, like, if you're uh, sitting there regretting the past, then you're just robbing the present worrying about the future, robbing the present. Um, what would I do over? Of course, there's 
couple relationships that probably would have went different if I could do them again and things like that, you know, um, business deals that could have went different, um, all kinds of odds and shit like that. Looking at this chicken coop, there's probably a couple of things I would have did different. Door doesn't exactly fit right. Um, but you know what? I mean, I wouldn't be who I am where I am if things were different. So who knows if those things would have worked out. I mean, you know, if you're destined to fuck it up, you're going to fuck it up regardless. So maybe I would just fuck it up in a more grand and spectacular fashion. Hopefully. Um, anyway, I don't really have a lot to say on that. I don't. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't live in regret like that. I don't, like, of course, there's always things that you would have done different if you had, but hindsight's always twenty twenty. I mean, I was who I was when I made those decisions based off of that. And I am who I am now. And of course, I would do things different because I am who I am now. I'm not who I was then. So, I mean, it is what it is, man. Anyway, I hope everybody's happy and healthy. Um, Y'all take care now. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, weirdo. And yeah, like, totally understand that yeah. on such an epic level. Yeah. And, uh, okay, we've got one more voicemail. This is, this is a relatively short voicemail. It's uh, So there we go. Sarah, uh, your weekly PSA to uh, sun your dick and balls. It feels great. That's all. Love you guys. I think I think that was Nam. Oh, nice. We 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 do sun, love it says Nam. sun your dick and balls. Yes. It's, it's, yes. Sun your dick and balls. Public service announcement. Yeah, that, that's right. It, Needs it's, to it's, 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 now of course Google transcripts calls it send your dick and to send your dick and balls. It feels great. That, oh, beautiful. <laughs> that's too long for a show title, but send your dick and balls. I think might have to be a potential one because yeah. <laughs> oh wait somebody iso him saying send your dick and balls because if we married that with the send your dick pics it, it would be great for the opening <laughs> jesus christ oh come on it's on brand it's on point yes we love it uh, yes exactly i mean i'm sure i can probably do this okay somebody type that into isobot all right i oh we've got one more voicemail that just came in we and I think it's actually, uh, I think I, I think it's, uh, and, uh, yeah, I think we know who this is. Listen, as the resident weirdo, I'm going to have to be inclined to agree that there is nothing more relaxing than a little sunlight on your genitals. Okay. So get out there, do a little, do a little ball sign. Do a little ball sign. That's great. <laughs> I, I'm so glad that this show has turned into the dick episode. Oh, geez, the dick episode. All right, this is uh, this is what it, we're writing down. Okay, I have a feeling that's going to be the show title because this is how this works. Okay, it I, could happen. It could happen. So, all right. So this the stuff that happened today during thing we will talk about tomorrow. Also, I think we'll tomorrow we will be because uh, we're going to be on live after no agenda. I think we'll I we think are. we will talk about the one thing we 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 wish we could do a do over on. I figure that's probably. Yeah, that's groovy. We'll we'll keep everybody in suspense. Yes, we'll keep everybody in suspense. But I, I, all right. So now it is time for um, it's it's time for the, the, the this clip that I played earlier for a different reason. But uh, um, 
just out of curiosity, do you know how to keep an idiot in suspense? Yeah, don't. Yeah, turn to get them to flip the card over, right? I'll tell you tomorrow. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my! You, I, I think I just walked into that one. Like ever. Oh shit! Oh. Okay, hang on a minute, folks. We've got to deal with an emergency here. We're gonna. Oh boy. Yeah. Just. Oh, that's not good. That's never. It, that good. that's never good. Yeah. We that could be that could be a problem. So, um, yeah, we're. Yes, so that's okay. You can push buttons and oh, they're not yours, right? yeah, exactly. Well, I'm thank God, th- thanks God for a voicemail that just came in. We're going to we're going to deal we're going to try and deal with this uh, emergency that just occurred, uh, and uh, we're going to play this voicemail right here because I think this is uh, the thank you thank you caller in advance. Right. Doing something over, I would not because then I would not. Be the grumpy old lady who has so much wisdom for you all that you can't live without me. I have no regrets for everything I've done because it's put me where I am and I love life the way it is. Have a good show. Thank you, Tigger. Um, Thank you, Tigger. Okay, but by the way, have a good joke. Oh, there you uh, go. Is, that is, uh, uh, I believe uh, that might. I think I'm just going to write down "good joke" as, a, as a potential show I type. Like okay, so, so th- yeah, like full disclosure, I totally just wiped out my jar oh, yeah. of liquid all over the keyboard of the <laughs> Mac and some other things here on the podcast table because I'm good like that. Yeah, so yes. that's the crisis in the yeah, cri- right yeah, now. crisis. What crisis? Yes, we're, so we're trying to dry up some stuff. Yes, yeah, because so. I really don't need. To fuck up another electronic. I fucked up the roadcaster when some wine splashed on it. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I and, then, and unlike the last roadcaster, I'm the one who paid for this one. So uh, hey, I, I kept my liquid away from. There's a reason the roadcaster is elevated. Yes, this is true. If I'm gonna have to elevate all my electronics to prevent me from splashing liquid on them, fuck sake. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that's the catastrophe in the Blossom currently. Yes, exactly. So Phoenix is having to mop up her mistake. Okay. So meanwhile, I will. I, I will. Uh, I think we are going. We are going to uh, move on to the next segment in our in our in our show we here, should. which uh, involves me playing uh, this clip right here. I'll take a drink, and I. My name's Smoke Little Reef. You know, I I like to smoke reefer you know it relaxes me and everything. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything. But I do not freebase cocaine. No, I do not freebase cocaine. Absolutely not. And mean, meanwhile, I, I, and meanwhile, I think uh, let's see if I can if, let's. I could I, this. I need. I didn't. I didn't think about having this clip at the ready to do this, but I think. But I think we need this clip. Uh, and this and this is one of those. Uh, I can't find. I can never find it when I need it. Uh, but uh, yeah, former Pittsburgh Steeler Le'Veon Bell says he was high during games, and you you know he clearly followed. Uh, you know. Snoop Dogg's advice, and I'm trying to actually find it in here because, uh, yeah, the good good luck uh, good luck with that. I can't find I can't seem to find it because it was I was using it. Oh, you know what? I took it out of the rotation because mm-hmm. I was 
because it was the original opening for this for the segment, right? It was. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's why. It, that's why it's not. That's why I was going. Why can't I find Ta-da. that clip? Mystery solved. So yeah, okay. Brain is. Uh, yeah, the, the brain is working correctly now. So former Pittsburgh Steeler Le'Veon Bell said in a recent podcast that he'd scored touchdowns and win and win games even if he smoked pot beforehand. And during Bell's run with the Steelers from 2013 to 2017, he chalked up 5,336 rushing yards, 200, 2,660 receiving yards, and averaged 5.2 yards per touchdown. Bell also earned two all-pro selections and had 3,000-yard rushing seasons. I'd say he's pretty good at football, as, as George Kittle might say. Okay. Uh, in 2015 and 2016, he was voted as one of the NFL's top 100. He apparently rushed many of those touchdowns stoned. On episode 30 of the Steel Here podcast, Bell explained how he smoked pot before some of his best performances for the Steelers. Well, the next thing you know, they're going to claim that it's invalid because of the fact that it was a performance-enhancing drug. Well, but you know, you know, I think I think in this article or some other article I was reading, there's, there's I didn't clip it, but the but they said, you know, like the the, the there, it's pretty well, you know, other sports leagues have this problem. Practically all of the players smoke pot to some degree, right? Right. Uh, so it's uh, becoming very mainstream. Yes, it is, and the NFL itself is easing up on cannabis policies, like most other major sports leagues. Last year, the NFL took another step forward by awarding funds to two cannabis research initiatives. Initiatives focused on the effectiveness of cannabis as a treatment for pain management. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of pain management that needs to occur from former football players. That's for yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. So um, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I don't. You know, personally, like I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't find that it does much for me to to uh, to add that you know, add that to my regimen, so to speak. But uh, um, but at the same time, I can uh, you know, I mean, if it, if certainly if it's if you if, should get properly stoned and go for a run, it will completely change your perspective and it actually in all honesty it does enhance your performance in that it helps you to focus more and you experience pain from like because you run i hate the fucking eagles man oops that's fantastic (laughs) yeah that's right i hate the yeah anyway so but it actually helps with pain management during exercise enabling you to exercise longer so I, I, I highly recommend having a really good smoke and then going for a run and seeing how different you feel. Yeah, well, I, you know, apparently ecstasy makes octopuses hug each other. It does. Now, anyone who's taken MDMA has probably experienced a euphoric burst of touchy feeliness. And it turns out that octopuses do, too. There was a study in 2018 from researchers at John Hopkins University that tested the behavioral reaction to the popular mood-altering drug, MDMA, or ecstasy, on the otherworldly sea creatures. And the experiment used the animal's habitat, and they turned it into something resembling an underwater rave. Now, the lead researcher designed an experiment with three connected water chambers. One of them was empty, one had a plastic action figure under a cage, and one had a female or a male laboratory-bred octopus under a cage. There were four, four, four males and four females octopuses that were exposed to the MDMA by putting them in a beaker containing a liquefied version of the drug, and it was absorbed through their gills. And then they were placed in the experimental chambers for 30 minutes. Now, all four tended to spend more time in the chamber where the male or female octopus was caged than the other two chambers. Now, most octopuses 
are asocial animals, and they avoid others, including other octopuses. I must be an octopus. (laughs) But because some of their behaviors, it's thought that there may be a link between the genetics that guide social behaviors in them and in humans. And one place to look was in the genomics that guide neurotransmitters, the signals that neurons pass between each other to communicate. So when researchers took a closer look at the genomic sequence of octopus bimaculoids. That's pretty, um, yeah, that, to say that three times fast. <laughs> truth, commonly referred to as the California two-spot octopus, they found in the gene regions that control how neurons hook neurotransmitters to their membranes, the octopuses in humans had nearly identical genomic codes for the transporter that binds the neurotransmitter serotonin to the neuron's membrane. Now, serotonin is a well-known regulator of mood, and it's closely linked to certain kinds of depression. The researchers said that the brains of octopuses are more similar to those of snails than humans, but their studies add to evidence that they can exhibit some of the same behaviors that we do. And they said that the study suggests that certain brain chemicals or neurotransmitters that send signals between neurons required for these social behaviors, they're evolutionarily conserved. And researchers noted that octopuses tend to hug the cage and put their mouth parts on the cage. This is very similar to how humans react to MDMA. They touch each other frequently. Well, that sounds like us. I was more thinking, anybody got any MDMA? I, I would like to test this theory, but anyway. Okay. Um, so octopuses will suspend their antisocial behavior for mating, for example. And then when they're done mating, they go into aggressive asocial mode. So they're back to their normal selves of hating everyone, including each other. I mean, that, that sounds really familiar. Yeah. And octopuses have long been a source of fascination among marine biologists for their prodigious intelligence and their advanced behavior. So this is a really great study to see how it affects them. Now, I don't agree with the fact that they're kind of unwilling participants. They don't know what's going on. They just know they're being glooped into a beaker, and the next thing you know, ooh, look at the pretty colors. Ooh, oh, yeah. look. There's something that looks like me. I think I might want to swim over and put my mouth parts on its cage. Oh, baby. So, uh, meanwhile, a biotech company seeks FDA approval for psilocybin IBS treatment, irritable bowel syndrome, if you must know. So, Trip Therapeutics is seeking approval from U.S. regulators for a clinical trial on psilocybin-assisted therapy to help those with irritable bowel syndrome. Now, according now according to the Green Market Report, Jim Gilligan, uh, what that's a, a name, yeah, what a name, CEO of Trip Therapeutics, likened the planned administration of of, of psilocin to the work of anesthesiologists, and he says using an IV uh, to induce and subsequently awaken the patient from the, the psychedelic state, the approach might also allow for the use of serotonin antagonists to terminate the psychedelic experience if necessary. The outlet said, which noted that. TRP-8803 will be central to the company's approach to the therapy. Now, TRP-8803 is TRIP's lead program, the company says, describing it as a proprietary formulation of IV-infused psilocin, the active metabolite of psilocybin, that alleviates numerous shortcomings of oral psilocybin, including significantly reducing the time to, to the onset of the psychedelic state, controlling the depth and duration of the psychedelic experience, and reducing the overall duration 
duration of the intervention to a commercially feasible time frame. Now, this is not real mushrooms, y'all. This is, you know, they're trying to, they're, 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 and, and you're missing all the benefits that come with the mushrooms themselves. Exactly. There are actual vitamins and minerals and good things in those mushrooms in addition to that fantastic psilocybin. Yeah. It's not just that. Yeah. So it's not just about, so this is. Uh, my, my problem with this is very simple. Again, synthetic. Why? Use the natural stuff. We have it. It was created by something greater than us. It's obviously meant for us to enjoy it because yeah. it doesn't kill us when we ingest it. Yes, as long as we ingest a small amount of it. You know, we get we do that. Well, again, yeah. with marijuana, you literally yeah. cannot overdose. Okay. You will smoke yourself sober. With psilocybin, you do uh, a little more dice. Exactly. Okay, so now we are okay, so now we are to this part of the show. I've been slow cooking it all day in my vagina. So, what is for dinner tonight? We're going simple tonight. We're having Philly cheesesteak omelets. Well, that sounds pretty good. I'm looking. I'm hoping so. I got some shaved ribeye, and I shaved some peppers and onions. Yes, truly, they're super thin, super awesome. Yes, we're gonna put some mushrooms with that, and I've got some shredded cheese to add to the whole mix. And if anything else happens to interest me to throw inside the egg fold, then. Maybe you'll have a surprise in your omelet tonight. That's true. Yeah, so we just got a boostergram from N- from from N A Millennium. He, he he roosted a row of ducks, five five twos, uh, saying, "Sun your mushrooms, smoke your balls, eat your weed." Yeah, that's how we like to get down in the lotus. That's right. So, <clears throat> all right. Well, this story, guys. Uh, this story, it's, it's laugh worthy. This 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 is some fucking comedy here, covered by my friends at Tech Dirt. Perhaps Jeep. GPT is not ready for the Supreme Court, uh, uh, states the uh, uh, states the headline in this tech dirt story. Now, Stephen A. Schwartz, a lawyer for Levadow, Levadow, and Oberman, is representing uh, Rob- Roberto Mata in suing the airline Avionica. Mata sued Avionica, claiming that on a flight from El Salvador to New York, a flight attendant struck Mata's knee with a drink cart, causing injury to Mata. While originally filed in New York State Court, Avionica removed it to, to federal court. Avionica filed a, mo- a motion to dismissed in early January of this year, stating that there was a two-year statute of limitations under the Montreal Convention that governs governs liability regarding passenger injury on international flights, and Mata's lawsuit came too late. In response, on March 1st, another lawyer from Levitow, Levitow and Oberman, Peter Doluca, filed a motion opposing Avionica's motion to dismiss. The legal arguments kick off with a cite to the famed Ashcroft versus Iqbal uh, regarding the standards for evaluating a motion to dismiss. But then it starts citing a bunch of cases in, in state and federal courts regarding interpretations of the Montreal Convention. They make some strong arguments on behalf of Mata being able to continue his case. Now, a couple weeks later, Avionica's lawyers filed a reply which raised some questions regarding the citations of Mata's lawyers were relying on. And the judge overseeing the case, Judge uh, P. Kelvin Castell, ordered Mata's lawyer, Peter DeLuca, to file an affidavit with copies of eight cases he cited. Now, after getting an extra week to file these cases, Duca files the cases in question, which is fucking impressive as those cases do not exist. Can you fucking, like, what the fuck, you know? Wait till you hear this, y'all. Okay, so... um. Well, actually, he only files eight of the nine requested, noting that he was unable to locate Zickerman versus Korean Airlines, which was cited by the court in Varghese. The court 
checked on some of the cases, including reaching out to the clerk of the 11th Circuit Appeals Court. Six of the cases submitted were completely bogus, as in they didn't exist. And finally, in this past Thursday came the big reveal where Loduca admitted to the court that while he really hadn't been working on the case, he'd just been signing his name while all the other works were being done by another lawyer, Stephen Schwartz, who was not admitted in the Southern District of New York, where the case is being handled. Loduca notes that Schwartz is an established lawyer who's been practicing law for over 30 years in the state of New York, and even predates Loduca's own employment at the firm. Loduca basically throws Schwartz under the bus, saying it was him, not me, so please don't sanction me. But that's not how any of this works. Loduca signed his name to the documents. He's in deep shit as well. Um, now it gets it gets even worse here now, but the, the but the much bigger and crazy reveal comes from Schwartz's own filing in which he fesses up to using chat GPT. Yes, I you know you fucked up. He admits that Loduca became the attorney of record, but that all the actual work was done by Schwartz. And we use the term work loosely because it seems that Schwartz simply handed things off to Chat GPT. Yeah, these clowns are in deep shit. Um, How the actual fuck do you do something like that yeah that just blew me away when i heard this story i was like we have got to cover this it is we had literally just last week been talking about chat gpt and what y'all's thoughts were on it did you trust it did you know anything about it type thing and then the universe goes oh here's this wonderful story that we think you'll like and we do Oh yes, we do. So, um, what I do, and what I don't think any of us like is uh, is is, is uh, these uh, people that are attempting to cancel uh, s- scenes in classic movies. I mean, movies that could not be made today. Yeah, uh, this is no laughing. This matter. is no laughing matter. So, John Cleese holds the line against calls to cancel a particular scene in the life of Brian. Now, the activists appear to have met their match in a legend of comedy who has opposed the cutting of a scene from the movie of the life of Brian, which is a, which is a fantastic uh, uh, thing. And no. And no, activists aren't upset with the endless jokes about Italians, Christians, and Jews. It's the scene involving a man who wants to become a woman and have a child, which sounds like this was fucking crazy shit. I think this movie, I think that movie was made in like the early 80s, right? And and this was just, this was crazy shit then. And now it's like mainstream now. What the fuck now? Because, you know, here's the thing. We're going to play this scene for you. Were some boys from Monty Python? on from the future too yeah they probably were but we're gonna play this clip for you and it's about a, it's about two minutes right so and, and i don't think you're gonna miss much with the visuals because it's a bunch of characters sitting on this on the steps of uh you know it looks like a you know i don't know could, it's, it's on the steps of something and uh they were uh and they were talking so it's a it's a it, it, i don't think there's a whole lot of visuals in the scene so we're gonna play this clip and um and then we, you guys can uh, judge for yourself whether this this scene should be cut from the movie life of brian I do feel wretched that any anti-imperialist group like ours must reflect such a divergence of interest within its power base. Agreed. Francis? Yeah, I think Judith's point of view is very valid, Rich. Provided the movement never forgets that it is the unalienable right of every man or woman or woman to rid himself or herself or herself. Agreed. Thank you, brother. Or sister. Or sister. Where was I? I think you finished. Oh, right. Furthermore, it is the birthright of every man or woman. Why don't you shut up about women, Stan? You're putting us off. Women have a perfect right to play a part in our movement, Reg. Why are you always on about women, Stan? I want to be one. What? I want to be a woman. From now on, 
I want you all to call me Loretta. What? It's my right as a man. Well, why do you want to be Loretta, Stan? I want to have babies. You want to have babies? It's every man's right to have babies if he wants them. But you can't have babies. Don't you oppress me. I'm not oppressing you, Stan. You haven't got a womb. Where's the fetus going to just take? You're going to keep it in a box? Here, I've got an idea. Suppose you agree that he can't actually have babies, not having a womb, which is nobody's fault, not even the Romans, but that he can have the right to have babies. Good idea, Judith. We shall fight the oppressors for your right to have babies, brother. Sister, sorry. What's the point? What? What's the point of fighting for his right to have babies when he can't have babies? It is symbolic of our struggle against oppression. Symbolic of his struggle against reality. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I, I had to make sure Not that that. Sorry. Yes. That that, that is that was it, hilarious. Yes. And look, I have no problem with people who are transgender, and I have much respect for anyone who finds their truth, because I'm always saying, "Live your truth." But seriously, it's a comedy movie, and honestly, I think I know why they're so pissed. Because it's the fucking truth. I don't give a shit how hard a man who wants to be a woman tries. He cannot biologically have a child unless he takes his sperm and mixes it with some woman's egg. And even then, like the dude says, where the fuck are you going to carry it? Are are we going to start implanting wombs in transgenders so that they can theoretically have a baby? Because, oh, by the way, yeah, where are you squeezing it out of, too? Because, no, there's just mechanics that don't work with that theory. Why get... It, it's it's like a, a female to male who's pissed because she doesn't have a dick that works. Yes. So, now, activists... Okay, so this is a couple of things from the article here. So, activists objected that it made fun of transgender people and demanded that it be cut from the film. No, I think it just... I think it portrays no, them perfectly. No, it perfect- just brings reality to the it, thing. Exactly. It, it shows the reality a little bit too much. Now, the director of the classic comedy movie, Airplane... Yes, this is this is beautiful. Um, yeah, okay. I, oh, yes. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Gotcha. Yes, so... Um, and this, this is yeah. The un film de Zucker, right? Uh, so, um, is it said that, that the 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 the, edit, the director of this classic film? It says humor is being squeezed out of Hollywood, and the movie today would have been virtually every joke removed. D- David Zucker called it the death of creativity, and I agree with that completely. Now, of course, now John Cleese could have just uh, used because always use a line from Brian's mother in the movie. Uh, He's a very naughty boy. Now piss off. That's us exactly. So, all right. Now, this this story, holy fucking shit. This is this is ridiculous. Th- this was too good. This is a case of reality is funnier than fiction and you can't write shit yes. that's good. Yes. No. The C- the COVID outbreak at CDC gathering affects 181 disease detectives. Oh my god. Did I, I wish I had Detective Dookie here cuz that's what I would play. That's hilarious. Yes, because clearly they're Detective Dookie. It's about as much as they can do. Um 
Yes. Uh, and that's, yes. And I think this, so the, the, the tally of COVID-19 cases linked to a conference of disease detectives hosted by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Yeah, they, notice that they're using, that they're now calling, that they're, they've, they've now added prevention to their name. I find that interesting. They, I don't, the question is what are they, I think they're, I think they're actually preventing, uh, you know, they're, they're preventing, uh, you know, people from finding the truth is what it seems like to me. Um, I don't think they're preventing any disease. They're, in fact, they're preventing people. What they're, what they're actually, what are they preventing? Well, they're preventing people from finding a cure for the disease. I think is a better way to say it. Um, and right, so the, yes. Anyway, the yes. The so uh, roughly eighteen hundred gathered in person for this year's annual Epidemic Intelligence Service Conference, which was held on April twenty fourth and twenty seventh, or through twenty seventh, in a hotel conference facility in Atlanta, the city where the CDC's headquarters are located. It was the first time the seventy year old conference had in person attendees since twenty nineteen. The CDC a agency estimates an additional four hundred attendees attended virtually this year. Now, by the end, by the last day of the event, a number of in person attendees had reported testing positive for COVID-19, causing conference organizers to warn attendees and make changes to reduce the chance of further spread. That reportedly included canceling an in-person training and offering to extend the hotel stays of sick attendees who needed to isolate. But in the days that followed, the CDC received reports of more cases, and it teamed up with the Georgia Department of Public Health to carry out a rapid assessment. As of May 2nd, the agency had tallied 35 cases linked to the conference. Now, the rapid assessment team's surveyed attendees from May 5th to 12th and 1,443 conference attendees responded to the survey. And of those who responded, some, uh, some attended the conference virtually, but the CDC says that over 80% attended in person. So, Yeah, they no. say over 80% attended in person, but is that 80% of everyone who attended or 80% of the ones who decided to admit that they were there and they got sick? Because again... This was a bias in that the respondent was by choice. You could have easily gotten sick and decided not to respond to the fact that you had been there. I think that I think this is another clear example of a sampling bias, as well as fucking hilarious that the very organization that's setting up all this bullshit propaganda about how we're all going to die, put a mask on, and yet you're unmasked. And if you notice in the article, they actually defend the reason why they were unmasked, which I don't give a fuck, okay? I think masks are criminal to begin with and they don't fucking work. Although there are some like, you know, the N95 and whatnot that do, you know, the majority of these morons running around with pieces of cloth on their face and disposable diapers and shit. Yeah, that's not doing anything except for virtue signaling and making you look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. So now overall, Which, you know, truly is kind of interchangeable yeah. if you think about it. Overall, 181, or 13% of the total survey takers, reported testing positive for COVID-19, and 52% of the COVID-positive responders indicated it was their first known bout of COVID-19. Now, nearly all of the survey takers uh, reported having received at least one COVID-19 vaccine. Not, yeah, so, uh, but 70% of their survey takers reported... Coincidence? Yeah. I think not. Yes, but 70% of the survey takers reported going unmasked during the gathering. The CDC notes that the conference occurred when uh, uh, when mask when transmission levels were low during which the CDC does not recommend wearing masks um, 
So, yeah, they're trying to say, oh, maybe if they wore a mask, it'd have less thing. Well, probably not. Exactly. Yeah. The agency highlighted that none of the infected conference attendees were hospitalized. The 49 responders uh, reported taking antiviral medications for their uh, infection. Yeah. Um, so it, it's... This is interesting. Yeah. It says 49 respondents, and then it mentions that that represents 27%. That says that your total number isn't that high. Yeah, it's not. Not really. Um, it's just maybe it's elevated. I don't know. But um, yeah, so the, the findings of this rapid assessment support previous data that demonstrate that COVID-19 vaccines, antiviral treatments and immunity from previous infection continue to provide people with protection against serious illness, the agency wrote. What's it? Did, did they ju- they just said one thing in the, with what they with what they said, and then and now they're saying, oh, it shows that it's effective. This the average person looking at this is their 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 brain is short circuiting and going. The data says one thing. They're saying something. They're they're coming out and saying something else. It's how they it's how they keep you off balance. Yes, it, this is this is bullshit. Is what this is, right? Well, we uh, all know that as any producers. Yes, exactly. So the CDC continues to recommend that everyone ages six months and older stay up to date with all COVID nineteen vaccines, including receiving an updated vaccine. Yeah, fuck you. That that you know that's why we have this resurgent or. Insurgence of type one diabetes in little kids. Yeah, keep keep jabbing them. Yeah, still, according to an advisory team seen by the Washington Post, the CDC is warning attendees of an upcoming conference the agency is holding at the same hotel venue in June about the outbreak at the event in April. The CDC is encouraging attendees of the June event to wear their own high quality masks and, if possible, also carry COVID nineteen rapid COVID nineteen rapid tests with them. Spokesperson Kristen Norland said that the agency will also have masks on hand. This is just bar worthy. Yes, it is. It really is. I mean, now they're truly just propagandizing their own people as well. Wow. Yeah. So, I think wow, I think we've actually gotten to the end of this uh uh we've gotten to the end of this and so I think we need to um, We survived another show. Yay! Yes, and and tune in again tomorrow after No Agenda live. We will be on the No Agenda stream again. So nice we're doing it twice this week. That's right. And we've got we've got enough leftovers to make another meal here. So uh that's, that's what we're right. going to do. All right. So so I think we've uh I think uh yeah so fucking over this yeah i think we're done um so we end right this week i know we end it something, something like this. this uh jordan fades back swoosh and that's the game fuck you fuck you fuck you you're cool and fuck you i'm out you're still here It's over. Go home. Go.